welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Welcome, everybody, to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. You guys have no idea how good it is to be here this week. I, for the entire week, I have been so sick. I've gotten nothing done this week. I have, like, laid in bed thinking I was going to die. Seriously, I have never felt like this before in my life. It was horrible. Um, but I'm actually feeling really good today. So, you know, poetry heals all. It's better than an apple, right? <laughs> the number to call in if you would like to call in and read this evening is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. You can dial that number, and it'll instruct you to push one if you would like to come on the air and read. Or you can just call in and not push one and hang out and listen to the show via your phone if you ever need to do that. So you don't have to be in front of your computer. You can listen on your phone by actually dialing into the show. Just want to make sure that you have free minutes. Does anyone not have free unlimited minutes anymore? Remember when that was a thing? Okay, so anyway, next, yeah. <laughs> I want to remind you, if you'd like to put together a writer's workshop for us, you are welcome to do so. Maybe something similar to what I do at the beginning of every show. If you want to do a show on your favorite poem or, or poetry era or a poetry form or step-by-steps on, on you know writing a poem or editing, getting published, whatever it is you want to put together, just let me know. Shoot me a message. Probably on Facebook would be the easiest. And you, if I'm not on your contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A, last name Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A, if you would like to. This is the hazards of uh, being quarantined. There's a puppy out there barking at me. How dare I be in here without him? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you can do a workshop with us. Shoot me a message, first name, Nyla, last name, Alicia, and I just tell me what you want to put together. We'll get that done. Your workshops can be pre-recorded on your computer if you'd like, and you can send me the MP3 file. You can I can do a conference call with you, and you can pre-record it that way. Or you can do it live. Or you can do a combination of both, anywhere from 30 minutes up to three hours, however long you need. Let me know what you want to do, and we'll do it. The next thing I want to do, and just guys, remember too, I have been sick. Even though I feel better today, I'm just, I'm really kind of there. So, I sound funny tonight, you'll know why. I would like to take a moment and thank our amazing people who stepped up to the plate and helped me cover uh, part of the broadcasting license for our 2021 season appreciate you guys so much um, we kind of did a, a fund me page and you know so many of you especially this last year has been so hard and so many of you you know jumped in and and helped pitch in towards this and I just want you to know that personally it just blows me away you know, and like I said, I, I've got a ton of stuff to go over at the beginning of the show today. And so I'm not going to do it. One of these days, I'll, I'm going to kind of go through this list and explain to you some of the people that, that invested into you and this show and this community. And it's really kind of humbling. All right. So our sponsors for our 2021 broadcasting season 
first one. Melvin Douglas Johnson, Todd Carter, Vicki Aqua, Sean and Maddie Gullickson, Audrey Michelle, George Wiley, Bart Solarchek, uh, Brad and Darling Kuhn, Uma Pochapalli, Christy Doherty, Douglas Curry, Eric Sheldman, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Gina Storm, Raymond Bentley, John Kays, Paula Sweet, Timothy Melton, Ronald P. Bremner, Kevin Kraft, Honey Parker, Karen DeWitt, Larry Teal, Mark, or excuse me, Robert Mikey, Jade Mist, Rose Rosen, Christopher Ryan, Trina Pierce, Dennis Must, Barbara Cope Wilson, and in the memory, um, anonymous donations were made in the memory of Cherry Rose, Ray Neighbor, Charles C.D. Banks, Glenn Still, Rick Smith, and King's Cadence. And uh, so we appreciate you guys all so much. And it's, it's kind of cool because I was looking at my little sheet today and three you know, so there's what? How many sponsors do we have? I haven't actually never did count up the total number, but what are the odds that three of our sponsors all have a birthday today? All in one day. Isn't that crazy? So it's Charles C.B. Banks. It's his birthday today. So if you get a chance, pop over on his page and and let him know that we were glad that he was born and we're keeping him with us. Uh, and Barbara Wilson, Todd Carter, both of them have birthdays today. So happy birthday, you guys. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, I hope your day has been incredible. If you sing in, or if you call in, I'll sing to you. No, you better not, because it's like, if you, you, most of you have heard me sing. It's not a good thing. All right, so next thing I want to do is we are going to do our little mini workshop, our inspiration from the Inkwell segment of the show real quick. And I've got a, I've got two different assignments, two-part assignments for you. Actually, it's more than, the first one's more than two parts. You'll see. And the first one that I'm going to be working on, um, and I'm, I'm kind of doing some reconstruction of this portion of our show, our little mini workshops we do. And so this is just kind of a one-off assignment that I think is going to be really interesting and fun for you to do. And it's going to be in two parts. Uh, this assignment is going to require you to carry your journal with you, which in my opinion should be with you all day, every day, 24-7, you should not leave home or go room to room without it on you. So your journal assignment for this week, this is part one, and it will be followed by a writing exercise using what we do here. Okay, so this is your journal assignment, but it's part one of your exercise. This week, I want you to carry your journal around. I want you to write down all the kind of random or mundane or interesting or funny or curious or sad things you see people doing during their day. I want you to write them down using very short and concise sentences. Maybe not so much short, but just very concise sentences. Be descriptive. Don't be sterile. Be descriptive, but don't be overly flowery. Okay? Concise sentences, writing down things that you see people doing that are random or mundane, interesting, curious, sad, just any kind, any kind of thing you observe people doing. For example, um, what? 
there is a pretty girl in a polka dot dress reading a book at the bus bench, on the bench, sitting on the bus bench, something like that. Um, the mother tries to quiet her screaming baby in the checkout line by jingling her car keys. Or there is a rusty shopping cart laying on its side in the river. Oh, okay, um, a librarian holds up a sign saying, shh, to a couple sitting at a study table discussing something quite vigorously using sign language. Which I know that sounds funny, but that's something that really happened one time. And I, when I asked her about it, she said, the, 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 the animation causes a commotion that is very disturbing to some people when they're trying to study, you know, sitting in the the library I thought I, that I just looked at her like and and, and actually <laughs> how uptight does a librarian have to be to hold up a sign that says shh to people using sign language it was just this was so funny to me so that would be an example um, you know something like uh, everybody sitting in the coffee shop was looking down at something electronic, something like that. So just really short, concise sentences about all the weird things you observe people doing and, and the mundane stuff they do or the whatever it is. I'm sure you get the idea. So spend a week writing down all these randoms. Now, as I said, I'm attaching your first writing exercise to this journal assignment. And I'm always looking way, I'm, I'm really going to be looking at ways of being able to tie in your, uh, in this workshop, to tie in your, the things that we put together. Okay. Um, ways to put the activities together. Just so that, I think that if you, well, we'll get into that in a minute. Anyway. Yeah. Hang on one second. Do do do. That's my hold music. Do 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 do. I'm sorry, my studio was locked up there for a moment. Okay, so spend the week writing down all the weird, mundane, strange, odd, fun, happy, whatever things you see people doing as you go throughout your day. Your writing exercise portion of this is to, and I'm going to say this in my very best, get brownie points and be teacher's pet voice of suggestion, <laughs> is to spend a dollar on an actual local newspaper. Go out and grab an actual tangible newspaper you can hold in your hands. But if you can't do that, you know, because you have the fear of like paper cuts or something, you can always watch your local news on TV, or if you're like me and have not watched TV in over 20 years, you can read your local news feed online or something like that. But the key here is local. And maybe it doesn't really have to be local, but I figure if it's local, you may know the area, and that will help you as you embellish on this. All right. So whichever news source you choose, using your news choice or news source, I want you to find a story about something that has happened, um, that is interesting to you, Whatever, something that jumps out, um, something that jumps out at you, and kind of fits how you want to approach writing this this assignment that I'm giving you. All right, whether you want to like face it, 
comedically or seriously, politically, for example. Okay, that type of thing. So find a story that really jumps out at you and interests you and grabs and then you're ready to play with it. Now that you have now that you have your news story and you have your journal assignment, the list that we had you make, you're ready to start writing. You're ready to start putting together this exercise. Now in this exercise, you are going to be writing a four-part narrative, non-rhyming poem. Freaked out yet? The four parts of this poem need to be constructed in four totally different voices. And this sounds like it's going to be very, very complicated, but it isn't. So... Still, if I do happen, as I go through this, if I do happen to get you lost, don't worry. You can always come back after the show's ended and listen to the beginning of the archive and write down the instructions at your leisure. So I'm going to go through these, assuming you're going to have to come back and get the instructions. Because um, there's, a, there's a lot of facets here. And I know it's going to freak you out, but I'll, I, I'll be able to tie it all together easier at the end after you understand the components. So this is a four-part narrative poem written in four distinct different voices. All right. Part one is called News at 11, Nothing But the Facts. In verse form, and the verses should be at least four to, or, uh, four to eight lines, depending on how, you know, depending on how long, or four to eight verses, depending on how long, uh, how many lines you have in them? You know, if like do, you know, six lines in a verse or four lines in a verse. You know, you might want to do a couple extra verses to be able to have the room to construct this poem. Um, you know, if you're writing, you know, a, a verse, the the portion of this that is just the facts. If you're writing that in, you know, eight to, you know, ten sentences, then you could get away with maybe only doing three verses if you if you have a lot of sentences. Okay, so write at least four to eight, though. You'll understand in a minute. While you're writing these, while you take your news, what, what I'm going to have you do is you ta I want you to take your news story, and I want you to write it. I want you to write a poem about your news story. Okay. While you're writing it, I want you to feel free to embellish the story. I want you to read the news story and then write a poem about it, basically. But I want you to write it in the uh, in a very news comparative way. You know, while you're writing it, don't go into a lot of emotional stuff. But feel free to embellish it or change it. And this is why I said, you know, if it's local news. Um, it would be much easier for you to visualize and put together what's going on in the streets and things like that. But you can actually do it for anywhere, or even a made-up place, it doesn't matter. A made-up news story in a different place, doesn't matter. You just have to have your news story. So you're going to be writing this. Feel free to embellish, change it, or add to the story. You're using the newspaper basically as an outline for the facts of the news story you're going to be uh, writing this poem on. and. 
you know, you, you're, it's not going to fit perfectly. So as you're writing your poem, you can change it, switch it up, add things, take things away to fit the, your needs. You know, and keep in mind as you're writing it that this is in a clean news narrative voice. You know, as if you're writing the actual article in the newspaper itself or reading it like it, you're a, a neutral television newscaster, the way they would read it. All right. So reading the news article, write a poem in a news narrative fashion telling the story of what happens in the article. Part two is the second voice, which is the human element. In the structure of your poem, every other verse will alternate with the verses that you write in your narrative, in your journal, in your uh, nothing but the facts section. So it'll be nothing but a facts, then a human element, then nothing but the facts, and then a human. You alternate your verses. All right. In this part, I want you to write the human element of the event of your in your news story, as if you it were happening and you're walking beside it and watching it unfold seeing it happen, you know, the whole onset, the progression, you know, the complete pathway all to way all the way to the aftermath. You know, and I want you to write this section of the poem, these verses, with emotion and the the emotions and the personal opinions of the observer. I want you to write all the the shock and disbelief or you know all the put in all the moral judgments you know whether they're right or wrong um put in the you know the anger or the opinionated passion you know points of views that people have and the fear and the pain and the happiness and the wonder questionings just the whole nine yards and a miles past that writing down human reactions you know writing about that the the humor interaction with the event as the event bypasses basically writing down all the things you wouldn't say in the news story. So, you know, a news story has to be completely factual. Well, I maybe even over-exaggerate the emotion in this. I mean, just, just let it all go. You know, writing the human element of a person that's there, seeing it happen, in the middle of it, watching it unfold before them. So, instead of the news story, you're telling the story with the human element there. So, far, so now we have two perspectives just the facts and the human element. Okay, part three. The next part, what you're going to do is called the oblivious. And in this part, you will be referencing and using the list of things you wrote down during the journal assignment I gave you. You know, the list of all the random, mundane, interesting, whatever, whatever observations you make of people doing things and involved in whatnot this week, using short and concise sentences. So you're going to take that list you write during this week, and every third verse, I want you to use things off that list to randomly throw in different people off your list doing different things. And this is someone who is oblivious. They're there, but they're oblivious to what's going on, something passing by their window or behind them, 
or you know who don't even see the event you know even though they're right there you know and think of these lines uh each of these lines as little snippets and these verses as little snippets you know they they may maybe consist of only you know three four lines tops no explanation no tying them together they're obviously going to be very abstract stuck in there like that but they're meant to be so you're going to use at least three of those lines off the list you made earlier in the week for your third verse lady on the park bench mother in the grocery aisle blah 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 with no explanation you can change wording around somewhat to fit the context of the poem but not any more descriptive than what you write now, part four is the Boris Karloff version of the narration. To close the poem, you're going to do use a the voice of a narrator to stitch and bring all three voices together in explanation. You know, what what is the point of the news story? How does the human element or reaction come into play in the overall picture of what's happening? You know, and how does the presence of the oblivious affect the ecosystem of it all? So this finishing narrative is your chance to bring understanding in chaos, you know, to make sense of the whole mess of everything that they've been reading so far and just how, how the... The, the way the news sees it and the way the real people see it and how the, you know, people who are oblivious to the situation, how it all comes together, all right? You get to bring it home, build the moral of the story, tell us what you're trying, wanted us to see in it, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow. It's going to give us full understanding and closure. All right, so part four is the narration, tying everything together in a way that all of a sudden people have a light bulb moment. All right, now there's a super secret way, a secret cheat that totally makes this a super easy exercise to do, a a poem to write. And that is you write the first two as totally separate poems. You sit down and you read the news article and you rewrite it as a news article or a news broadcast the whole thing, all all four of your verses. Then you sit down and you do the element, the human element, and write that whole thing out. You know, write the human element of someone describing and going through and living beside or with in the middle of whatever it is that's happening. Write those two separately, and then just go and put, you know, your your news verse, human verse, news verse, human verse on down the line, and get that part of it put together, and then just grab your list and every third verse, make every just throw in one, two, three, add your your uh, things off your list, the things you saw people doing, the oblivious. All right, then go down to the next one third verse down from there add three more lines 
of the oblivious. And then once that's all done, kind of sit back and take a look, read the whole thing together and see how it works together. Maybe do some editing, get it to tweak it to where you want it to be. And then write the fourth voice of the narrative of bringing it all home, sewing it together, telling the big picture. Okay. Now, it's kind of fun to do, and as I said, I know it sounds complicated, and if you need to come back and listen to the thing later, you can. But don't let all these parts and all these different voices scare you away from this. It is a lot of fun, and it is nowhere near as complicated as I make it sound. Okay, so come back in, listen to it, write it down, and, and really have fun and play with this one. Okay, and in fact, I will do this. Whoever does this exercise and comes here and either A, reads it, or B, inboxes it to me, is going to get a special tangible gift. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay, so that's an incentive to do this one because it's so much fun, you guys. All right, and now we're going to do your poetry prompts. And remember... Poetry prompts are like seeds planted. They are meant to grow into poems. Now, the poem could be, or the prompt can be the title of the poem. It can be a line in your poem or the general concept of your poem. Beyond these guidelines, whatever you do with them is totally up to you. So you should have your journals out. You should have your papers numbered 1 through 12, your page number 1 through 12. I'm going to run through these, and then we're going to do your exercise portion of this. So first your prompts, number one, what should I say when I find you? What should I say when I find you? Number two, torn remnants. Torn remnants. Three, desolate dance with clouds. Desolate dance with clouds. Four, a fist of nothing. A fist of nothing. Number five. Words like golden bees. I like this one. Words like golden bees. Number six. We saw two old people kissing. We saw two old people kissing. Number seven. You millions on this earth. You millions on this earth. Number eight. What lures you to dream? You know, like a fishing lure. Yeah. What lures you to dream? Number nine. The cleansing power of metaphor. The cleansing power of metaphor. Number ten. Take me down with you. Take me down with you. Number 11, the first morning beyond death. The first morning beyond death. That one's a good one for Jimmy. Number 12, night rhymes, like a rhyming poem, night rhymes sound within. Night rhymes sound within. Remember, you can go down this list and you can write one poem per prompt. You can mix and match them and use line 10 and line 4. Go back down and get 7 and line 1 and use all of those lines in one poem. 
you can uh, take, if you feel real froggy, <laughs> take all the lines, all 12 lines, and use them in one poem. And so have fun with that. The writing exercise I have attached to your prompts this week. We are still working on your pick apart a prompt. I think this is one of the best things that we can do as writers. It's a real good habit to get into. And this it's just a really good one. It will really help you improve your writing doing this one. Um, basically, it's to uh, – you guys probably get so tired of hearing me say this, but that's okay. What this is designed to do is to realize what you do with a prompt before you write to it is more important than what you write. It gets you away from writing the first knee-jerk reaction you get of inspiration when you hear something that inspires you. And those things that you know we are naturally gravitated to when we hear something that inspires us, it makes you look beyond that and discover the, the things that aren't so typical that aren't your first thought, that go deeper. Okay, and so this is a real fun way to do that. So for this exercise, you will be using the 12 prompts that I just gave you. So you'll be using that list. And from the list, I want you to start on a clean journal page and write down, number one, the first prompt that I gave you. Okay. What should I say when I find you? Then I want you to spend some time pondering that prompt. I want you to think about all the things it's saying to you. You know, Don't take it at face value. Be suspicious. Look beyond the things that are obvious about the prompt. Find the darker places in it and see what's hiding in there. Then I want you to make a list. After you've done that, I want you to make a list of at least six different poems you could write to that one prompt. So instead of writing a poem to the prompt, you're going to write six different poems you could write to that prompt, your ideas for them. I want you to write down all the different directions you could take the prompt, all the different meanings it can have. Think about how you can twist it and turn it like a pretzel and make it become something more than it is. You know, how, how can it fit? into different meanings for you. What are all the things you see inside of it? When you're finished with that one, I want you to move to the next and then go down the list. After you've written at least six ideas for each of the 12 prompts, all right, so go through one through 12 and write down at least six different poems you can write to each one. I guarantee you, you will not make it to the end of this exercise without writing at least a poem or two. Once again, if you didn't get them, write them down, jot them down real quick. I'm going to run through the uh, prompts again real fast. Number one, what should I say when I find you? Number two, torn remnants. Number three, desolate dance with clouds. Four, a fist of nothing. Five, words like golden bees. Six, we saw two old people kissing. Number seven, you millions on this earth. Number eight, what lures you to dream? Number nine, the cleansing power of metaphor. Ten, take me down with you. Eleven, the first morning beyond death. Twelve, night rhymes sound within. 
And there you go. There you have it. That's our mini workshop for the beginning of the show, Inspiration from the Inkwell. Remember, if you didn't get all of that, you can come back and listen to the archives and jot those down. We have some things we've been focusing on. First, you know, I, I encourage everyone, this is something we can all improve on, is every single month learn one new poetry form. That should be a goal for you. Always try to learn more things, put more, you know, have to have that input in order to have that output. Second is um, every day I want you to look around and write, find something that's worth 17 syllables. Write a haiku every single day. This is the best writer's discipline anyone can have. And I don't care if you write it down and it's 14 syllables, you can go back and add the other ones later. The point is just to get it written down. But every single day, find something worth those 17 syllables. And write a haiku. That covers it. We are done with this portion. If you are a recording artist, you can and have some audio tracks, you can send those in to me. Well, we start and end every episode with an audio track. So if you've got something, and uh, you can probably the easiest way to get it to me would be in my email. It is the, the word does in there, the speakeasycafe at gmail.com. The speakeasycafe at gmail.com. Put audio track, MP3 files, something along those lines in the subject line for me. I will get it uploaded to the show's library, and we will play it for the world. Now, the track that I have decided to play with, I got an email. I'm feeling all rummy and waking up. and I'll look at my email. I got an email from a really good friend of mine, someone that I just absolutely admire and um, have known for a long, long time. In fact, they they were one of the very first guests um, back when I, we first started, over 15 years ago, when we first started doing the Speakeasy Cafe. He was one of my very first guests that we had on the show. Just absolutely in love with them, you know, as as a you know as a as a poet, as a um, just, they're incredible. I'm still feeling kind of rummy. Can you guys tell that I'm still sick? No, I feel better. My, I think I have sick, foggy brain. <laughs> so anyway, I was just really glad to hear from him. I haven't heard from him in a long time. That's Mr. Eddie Oliver, absolutely incredible poet. I used to always tease him that he, uh, you know, he sounded like, you know, Hundred-year-old bourbon mixed with honey, running down, you know, black velvet. The the way he, he's just so freaking smooth, and amazing poet. So I'm going to play the piece that I'm going to play of his. Is uh, she prays? I think this is a really good one. I really I love this track, and he's got some new tracks coming out. That's what he's letting me know. He had a new CD coming out, and uh, I'm hoping that we can get some of those and be able to play them for you. So, this is Mr. Eddie Oliver with she praise. Here you go. I wanna dedicate this poem, man, to 
female out there that's going through an abusive relationship. I call it she pray. She walks around with a pound of foundation on her face, man, just to hide those boots. You ask her how it happened. She comes up with more and more excuses. Find out the fact that she's in a relationship, man, and so abused. Like, like I can see her. Or like two fighters stepping in the ring at a Las Vegas arena, man. This is what her life is like pretty much every day. You see, she's dealing with a husband who don't love her no more. And she insists, that, uh, she insists that she's going to stay. Not run away, not, not, not just for their children's sake, but because she believes. She believes that her and her husband can somehow, some way, get things straight. One day. Back to the way it used to be. Back, back, back to the way before things went awry, before their romance went astray, at least. This is what she believes, and every night, every night, man, this is what she prays while she weeps. Right before she sleeps, she prays. She prays. She prays. She be like, Lord, just take this other man away and bring me back my husband, uh, the one that used to be so sweet, uh, the one that used to romance me and sweep me off my feet, the, the one that used to love me unconditionally and make me complete instead of this imposter, and instead of this monster that, that punches me in the face and brings me to my knees, Lord, please, help me, help him love me again, whatever sin I did to him, Lord, let, let him know that I, I still want to be his friend, I, I took a vow to love, to death do us apart, and that's what's in my heart, and that means until the end. That means. That means until the end. But hence a day later, man, she catches another beat down. But instead of getting right back up, this time, y'all, she stays down. She stays down. She stays down because she she's too tired to go another round. She's too tired. She's, she's tired of the pound for pound, toe to toe, blow for blow of this wannabe pimp, beating her like she's his garden tool. She's had enough of this food. She's fed up. She says enough. Enough is enough. She's tired. Tired of being Like, Lord, take this other man away and bring me back my husband, uh, the one that used to be so sweet, the one that used to romance me and sweep me off my feet, uh, the one that used to love me unconditionally and make me complete instead of this imposter, instead of this monster that, that punches me in the face and brings me to my knees, Lord, please. I don't know what else to do. 
she prays, she prays, Lord, give me strength to, to leave this man before I have to kill this man, before this lifestyle, because this lifestyle I can no longer stand, Lord, help me, help me, help me, please. Mr. Eddie L. Oliver, and you can find him on, you can find him by Googling him. You can find him on Facebook under Eddie, then the letter L, Eddie.L.Oliver on Facebook. Has a new CD track coming out. I'm very excited to find out how that's going to be. I'm just, I'm on the, really excited. I, I love his stuff. Okay, so. Next thing we are going to do is we are going to get to your favorite part of the show, which is you. <laughs> it's my favorite part, too. So if you are on hold, we are going to be doing starting our open mic portion of the show in just a moment. I want to let you know that if you would like to call in and read, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call and read. If you're on hold, this is what you can expect. We take callers in the order that you call in, so listen for your telephone area code. For example, 731 is going to be our first caller tonight. And uh, so listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading. And it's important always to have your name attached to your work. Okay. So make sure that you introduce yourself. Then you can read, let me take a better look at the lines. You can read two shorter normal length poems or one regular kind of longish poem. We've got a lot of callers, but you know, you know where the, you, you, yeah, two normally, two normal poems, nothing too long. Make sure we get through to everybody. Get everyone on the air. All right, so once you get done reading your two poems you want to make sure that you give out your url you want people to be able to come and find you and get to know you and your work better before you come they come and hear you read here next week remember that we do have a mature rating that means just about anything goes with the exception of hardcore erotica no bumping body parts no tab a into slot b Leave something to the uh, imagination, and you're good to go. 
I'm going to go ahead and give you the first three callers so you kind of have a heads up on where you are. And again, first caller, 731, followed by 702, followed by 718. Those are going to be our first callers for the evening. And um, check and see. We have 707 down there. I know who that is now. <laughs> hey, hon. Um, seven or 407 who does not have their hand up. If you decide you want to come on and read, press 1, and well, we can bring you on the air. If you're here just listening and hanging out, appreciate you so much for a bazillion reasons. You're amazing. And uh, enjoy the show with us. Thank you for being here. Let's go ahead and grab area code 731. 731, you're on the air. Nala, this is Michael Todd calling from West Tennessee. How are you today? I am. I thought I was doing good until I had to start using my brain. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I seriously, I have been so sick. One of those weird sicks where I've never felt that way in my entire life and thought about, you know, phoning a friend to come over so I could, because t- I was afraid to go to sleep. I didn't think I'd wake up. I've never felt that crazy, weird sick in my life. Wow. But but I am feeling better today. I'm up. I'm I'm well enough to be up and here and and so it's amazing and awesome and but I'm still kind of dough headed. <laughs> Tomorrow is National Donut Day. Is it really promise? You know I don't like donuts. Unless it was like a like a key lime donut. Or maybe like an sure. I do like apple fritters because they have green apples in them and they're kind of tart. But I'm not I'm not a donut person. Huh? Isn't that weird? I, I know it's so sad. It is sad. It's depressing. Hey, we got two poems. I'm just digging through some old stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm actually considering buying a recorder and just recording everything I've ever written. Uh, and that would be pretty awesome. You can do a thing on Messenger. You can record a message for a minute. You know, Facebook Messenger, yeah. pick up your phone as a little microphone. And uh-huh. uh, sometimes I record poems on there. I did five last night. Sometimes I send do them you, to you. You do, and I love it when you do. Do you still use a desktop or are you like an iPad phone person now? All of the above. All of the above. Okay. But I do the recording on the phone because it's... You're you're holding the, the microphone right there in your hand, That's and I true. control the music. I control the music off the desktop. How's that? That works. I put I put music in. Easy peasy. If you do that, let me know. Send me a couple tracks because I have nothing of yours on the uh, in the library here. Well, I have to buy a recorder first, and that's a thousand dollars. So give me a minute. Just, I thought I you were just going to use your phone. You can only use your phone for something one minute or less. How much do I, half of my stuff is not one minute, okay? Like tonight I'm going to read one poem and not two. You know, you're going to pick it. Do you want to hear the one about rappers or do you hear the one about the golfers? Your call. There's only one. I was actually talking about a golf course. So I want to hear the golfers. The golfers, okay. That's very, very easy to do. This is from 2013. This is probably the last 
full-size poem I ever wrote and posted on MySpace. It was probably just before they closed the doors, turned out the lights. Um, it's called Never Up, Never In. I was talking with my good friend Todd Rainey this week about a golf tournament that went down in these parts several years ago. There was an amateur championship tournament that came down to two fellas matched up one-on-one for 18 holes. Both Matt and James had miracle putts on the final hole, which left them in a tie with inclement weather and forecast and thunder already rumbling in the distance. The tournament directors decided to call the match a tie because they were afraid to play the extra holes. Not only were both players disenchanted with the idea that each was better than the others, the gallery was split as well. There had been a Twitter universe back then. The local cyber world might have exploded. As it was, it was a matter of who was closest to the players as to who was heard the loudest and clearest. Somewhere, amid all the muddle of confusion, a young girl was heard by all that mattered when she proclaimed, putt putts open till midnight. So that's where our story begins with possibly as many as a 1,000 spectators coming to the town's local sportsplex, which featured pitching machines for baseball and softball, a driving range for golf lessons and practice, and an 18-hole putt-putt course, which was known in far for having the most imaginative, difficult days, 18th hole. Never Up, Never In by Michael Todd. Carlton wow. is surely wishing he had not sent Angie home early. Staring blankly at the approaching horde, looking all needy. Little or no action at fall of dusk on this scene leads one to believe an early evening exit is clean. Someone might have had the foresight to call, I mean, really. Carlton sings dollar signs amid chaotic confusion. Sad to say, for this whim, this was merely an illusion. Carol Ann made the gesture that brought him to his knees when she handed him a fiver, saying, Desperate too, please. Initial inclination of selling a hundred tickets was a delusion. Up to the counter stepped two strapping young fellows. To no one's surprise, each laid claim to the box of yellows. Carlton suggested they flip a coin. What could be worse? Someone joked, hell, they could have done that at the course. Each secured a club, moved to hole one, ready, set, go. James proceeded, placed his ball on the typical rubber plate. He took his time, reveling at the chance to make Matt wait. He tapped the ball gingerly, two banks and a center shot. Matt followed quickly, in his mind hastening the plot. So it went throughout the front nine, each hitting straight. By this time, the burgeoning crowd seemed to double in size. To make matters better or worse, the local law had arrived. For the patrons exiting the store next door, altered plans. If holding a beer, use small paper bags to hide the cans. If the police caught on, they never let on to no one's surprise. To hole number 12, there was much in the way of bookmaking. By those in a gambling mood, this was money for the taking. Seeing this, James said to Matt, I tell you what, brother, how about we wager next year loser caddies for the other? James said, I'm in, buddy. That's some serious staking. As the round was wearing down, each player got a little more daring. Would have been a shame to lose, looking as though not caring. Behind the back, through the legs, just to put on the show. 
each one going places where a mere mortal dare not go. If either had an Achilles heel on this night, it was not glaring. Finally, they reached number 18, the Valhalla of this miniature link, each facing the most improbable in no way possible hole to sink. Whoever designed this hole had a sick sense of humor, no doubt. Every obstacle known to man was what his mirage was all about. Too many roadblocks and detours to calculate causes one to think. James took a deep breath with Matt still holding honors in tow. To ride the rail and lay up for two-putt was the only way to go. To one-shot this, James would have to ramp the highest peak. Somewhere along that path, the ball would divert, hide and seek. James took a deep breath. If I never try, I will never know. His swing was swift, contact solid. The ball flew up the curve, smacking the clown face, chipping a tooth, a right-angle swerve, carrying off the tail of the dragon, bouncing once off a castle wall. Windmill came around just in time to delect it off of a troll. Final obstacle was a bug light. Hitting that took some nerve. As if by magic, the orb fell, splashing into the castle moat. Actually, this was a water trap where last balls go to float. Out in front of the concession stand, the pool's only access by design to deter keeping balls away for free games, one might guess. James winning was a foregone conclusion, and that would be all she wrote. Matt observed, took all this in, not at all daunted or dismayed. With all eyes on James, Matt computed his odds and weighed. More than one way to skin a cat, leaning across counter's edge, clasping the club tightly, none would see his pitching wedge. Matt strolled to the rubber mat, said to James, well played. Standing straight, Matt held his ball high, seemingly for effect. Crowd grew silent one last time, if for no other reason, respect. What I said about James winning being a foregone conclusion, Matt smiled at him, saying, oh, buddy, I caddy for no one. Dropping the ball on the first bounce, he swung to connect. The yellow ball sailed high into the night sky, out of sight. Some said they tracked it all the way by virtue of moonlight. Landing near the top of Carlton's metal roof, seven pitch twelve. It was plain to see Matt had clearly gone way overshot the ditch. Seeing the roll was too strong, Matt had the backspin too tight. When a stroke of a club meets stroke of luck, what happens next? Matt's ball collides with a loose nail, subsequently deflects. Calmly disappearing, one bounce off the flange into the gutter. Everyone can hear it rattle as it made its way through the clutter, eventually free-falling down the drain. And what came next? You guessed by now, or maybe you just hoped. Focus on the spout. Matt's ball appeared as if on clue. It had found its way out. People scrambled to get out of the way no matter who they chose. When it found water, silence was shattered by shouts that arose. Matt had matched James Holy one of that. There was no doubt. The party went on, well past designated midnight closing curfew. Everyone agreed for this challenge match a tie would not do. Plans were made to meet on the same night the following year. Surely by then, who was best would be made perfectly clear. By dawn, the crowns cleared and everyone bid each other adieu. But fate played a cruel hand somewhere along life's highway. Carlton sold out and multifamily apartments stood in the way. Folks still gather when they have money and time to burn and reflect upon the lesson taught that night. Lesson to learn, never up, never in. The same rule as then still apply today.
and Paul. That was incredible. It was so intense. Now I, the the whole emotion, the whole gamut ran with the sportsmanship mixed in with the intensity mixed in with, you know, the 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 back the underlying story. It's kind of like what I was talking about in the exercise doing. All rolled up in one amazing package. Cool. <laughs> what a phenomenal way to start out the show, Michael. Thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Glad to you're do my little to... part. You what? I'm glad to do my little part. It's <laughs> a very big part. You're amazing, honey. Can you tell everyone how to find you? Oh, you can find me at uh, MikeTodd.blogspot.com. Mike Todd spelled M Y. K E T O D D, and uh, I've I've got nothing but poems on that site. It's a blog site, but it's just poetry there. I think there's like 34 of them there. May put another one this year, maybe. Very cool. Please, yes. We talk to you next week, Michael. I hope to be here. Thank you, honey. We'll see you then. Okay. Bye bye. Our next caller comes from, I know who this is. Our next caller comes from area code 702. 702, you're on the air. Hey, Nyla, Jimmy Ray Davis, Word Machinist. How are you? Hello, my love. I am doing absolutely wonderful. How are you? Well, you're doing better, at least. I heard you were really sick. That's uh, crazy. Weird. I've never been sick like that. I've never had a sickness that felt like made me feel like that ever, ever in my life. It was weird. It was weird. (laughs) But it it, it just came and went, though, right? It wasn't too, I mean, it didn't stay with you too much. It it started last Friday, the day after the show, and today's the first day I've been up. Oh, wow. And it was Mm -hmm. intense like that the whole time. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. What's going on with uh, you? You know, uh, not too much. I was just going to say I was reflecting that, uh, you know, the track you played uh, by the just uh, – and we reuse these words all the time, but uh, the absolutely amazing Eddie Oliver and then Michael Todd coming on. And and then I'm thinking, you know, just thinking of Georgie and, and, and uh, Noreen and just every, every – you know, I've, I've listened to – uh, I've, I've actually recently, quietly, just kind of in the background, listened to several shows, different shows, other shows. And I will say this, not a knock on any of them, but you really do have uh, the most varied uh, group of poets that come and read on here. And it's, it's really a treat to be part of it. Thank you. You know, that was my intentions from the very start was to build. And I didn't actually, I can't say intentionally. But even the first story that I wrote about the cafe, you were there then. I mean, you were there before the conception yeah. of the show. You're the reason this show even exists because of one little comment you made to me on a blog post. Um, but I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I hate it when I do that. What was I just going to say? Uh, oh, I, it wasn't, I didn't thing. try to make it. You know, I didn't sit there and say, this is what I'm going to do. It just, that's the way I live in the world. 
And so to have this not be all-encompassing was never even, I mean, it wasn't a, a conscious thought at all. It just needed to be. But after we got the show first started, I don't know if you remember all that, but there was a lot of drama because, oh, my God, I invited the black street poets over to be a guest on the show, and what are you doing? And they're not part of our group. And it, it was just crazy, I, I absolutely mind-blowing to me. And, and uh, it's like, you know, I, I didn't, because my brain doesn't even think that way. And so to have to witness that and be, you know, it was just crazy. So it really, really makes my heart happy that you say that. You know. And what's cool, and I'm, I'm going to throw some real quick and then I'm going to shut up so you can talk. <laughs> but what's cool to me is that I really haven't done that. You know, it's the, I, I, the, the whole community, our entire community of poets, I have never once had any drama on the show, except for when that one time I yelled at a guy that called in because he was being a butt. But besides that, you know, between the, the, I've never had any drama at all. How many people could say that for a show that's been on the air? You know, this October will be our 15th year on the air. Who can say that? You know, kudos and hats off to you guys, seriously. So go ahead, I'm done. Well, you know, and you're totally right, and it really is. It's providing the venue. It's it's doing what you do, which is, is and, and you always speak of this, as important. It's part of the whole mix. I mean, it's all of the people that come on. It's the poets who read. It's the way they read. It's the passion they read with. It's your passion for the poetry itself and for the entity of speakeasy itself. And it just one thing feeds off another, and it builds, and, and this is what you got. And I think it's just it's not surprising to me at all, really. Let me no, so I do get uh, saying that. No, absolutely, and it's exactly what you know me. Now I don't mince any words, and that gets me in trouble, especially with Missy. But um, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's like yeah, I say, if I don't feel it, that's just how I am. And uh, um, now I get pigeonholed a little bit. I, it doesn't really bother me about you know the, the the darkness. Ooh, you know, if it's death and blood and gore, it's Jimmy. Um, but you know that I, I try to really traverse all areas. Uh, that said. I will say there's something that uh, we are severely lacking in uh, poetry content, and that is zombie poetry. You know, now if you remember, I uh, I wrote some pieces way back, and, and there's a lot to explore there because let's face it, zombies are people too, and they've been getting just they've been killing it on TV <laughs> with Walking Dead. They're killing it in the movies, and they're just dead. I mean, literally dead in poetry. So we're going to change that a little bit. This is probably my favorite of my own pieces of of a zombie poetry piece this goes back for this goes uh back to 2010 and this is called she's so cold crack that shell releasing blood embryonic gin and tonic for breakfast and i rested crumpled pack lucky strike under the wheel of my motorbike juliana laid out on mike's couch saliva silk from mouth to cushion Coffee black, just the thing. A meager string of compassion. Passive detection. I caught my reflection in the glass cave of the microwave. Nothing and no one to save. Especially Juliana, lifeless and cold for hours now. How do these things happen, I muse. She wakes up with a lopsided grin. Face down body. Naked as sin. Mike stumbles through the doorway, none worse for wear, just a 
Cad bloody with a kiss of gore. Laughs as he uses his hand. Master plan to keep entrails from spilling onto my clean carpet. How did this happen? How bad can things get? Don't fret, Juliana says. I bet you didn't know. We are all dead. But this is not the end. Crack another egg as I ponder, while out yonder beyond the old tire swing, angels fly with devil's wings, the sky is dark, black, red, and just knowing I am dead is quite beyond me. Afterlife or a fucking zombie? Mike exits the room no longer bold, and I curl up corpse nude with my Juliana. But damn it, she's so cold. End poem. Yeah, she's so cold. <laughs> we do need more zombie poems. <laughs> do you want to read the second one? Yeah, the um, and this is the second one's not zombie, but the, uh, yeah, I mean you you have to. Uh, it's all about exploration, right? Making the words, forming them, doing what you will. Let me see if I can. If you know, I got it queued up here. Okay, so this is another one from. Um, <clears throat> Also from 2010, I actually forgot about this one. It was an old forgotten poem. This is Soul Searching on Spencer Street. This is one of those old uh, rapid-fire word machinist poems. I'm going to try not to screw it up. Down on Spencer Street, a one-legged man sells funny-looking cigarettes from a battered tinfoil case, muttering about euphoria before he's swallowed by the crowd, and a loud boombox blares jumping jack flash from three floors up where the fire escape looks like salvage from the triangle shirtwaist. And the prostitutes hike up faux leather skirts and fish around in dime store creel purses for gum and condoms while the gyrations of the derelicts with bagged bottled dreams sway to the steam. Misting from the sewers, I strike a death's head match on unforgiving stone, taking in the destitution and despair of a place I once called home. Butch Bocklettner is pushing crack candy in front of Pop's soda fountain, a throwback to the throwbacks of yesteryear. And the queer barber on Euclid Avenue charges more for a nether region shave and down south tickle. Save the wretches, screams the blood red letters on a dead black sign above the all night Jesus saves kiosk, sharing space with Emperor Wang's donut shop where the eclairs are made with fish oil. And a young runaway eyes Butch's wares with the glaze of misspent youth, a mad dog 2020 stare in the memories of a tyrannical father and a too intimate mother. Seems the truth got left behind, but. Fuck it. Such is life. Jose's chop shop is hustling, and the one-legged man hobbles past with a second-hand gun aimed at Butch. The Hushang hookers squeal and salivate as the bullet meant for the pusher finds the runaway instead, and his chest explodes in a spray of gore, while Butch bludgeons peg leg with a diamondback cane and a Winchester smile. Skull crack, heart attack, head wound, and coffee, anyone? Jose steps outside to witness the din of debauchery, just as Boombox drops his radio, crushing the chopper's head like a Crenshaw melon, and the bum chokes on his own puke in true Bon Scott fashion, while Pop rushes out and slips in the satyr of blood, colliding with the gay barber and sending them both into the street in the path of a speeding bus. Crimson spray as human pulp is sent packing by city transit steel, and the blood steams in the gutter amid the sirens and chaos. I step over each body, reaching in to collect the soul intact. Thumbing my Bluetooth, I call for Cutlance and his meat train. He arrives, and we work in silence. 
cut severs the souls from their umbilical death cords as I read the dark and light, the human yin and yang of each membranous ectoplasmic circle, deciding their destination, Shangri-La or damnation. Sadly, I shake my head and board the same city bus that slaughtered Pop and Mitch the barber, riding in silence to the next city. I still have such a long way to go, and I'm so fucking tired. And boom. That was absolutely intense. Well, there's at least a lot to digest there. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. Jimmy, I cannot even tell you how happy I am that you're back here and reading, and I look up and I see your area code on the um, on the, the switchboard and stuff. It is phenomenal. I cannot even tell you the joy that that brings me. You know, life sometimes just kicks us in the gut and we get sidetracked, and, um, you know, you're, you're one of those voices that I think, you know, if you were to look at, you know, all the future generations a thousand years from now, I think that you are definitely one of those voices of my peers that I think need to be one of them that's talked about and remembered and read. I mean, you just have such an amazing, unique way of of telling your stories of writing. I just, I appreciate you. I know you hate it when I gush on you, and I'm sorry if I'm embarrassing you, but, um, yeah, great poem. I, I th- thank you so much, Nyla. I, you know what, I, and I, and it's good to be back. You know, I, I came back a little over a month ago, and we did, I did a few shows in a row, and it, and it felt good, and then I, and then I didn't come back for a few weeks, and I, and I, you know, it's just, it's such a long absence, and then rushing right back, and I, I just had to assess some things, and um, but it, it it feels right, and you know it, it doesn't matter what you do, it's got to feel right, and this feels right, and I'm I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy that you're still here. I don't think I ever ever go anywhere. I'm always going to be here. <laughs> well, we'll get to get the show rolling here. I you can find me on uh, Facebook, Jimmy Ray Davis. I got some poems posted there and uh you just any any of you guys can hit me up all poets and friends of nyla are friends of mine and uh you know i'm hit me up with a friend request it will be honored i also have uh recorded poems at reverbnation.com slash word machinist so definitely check those out if you want to hear some more of what i got going on with music and sound effects and all that um that's that very cool. All right, Jimmy, appreciate you, sweetheart, and we will talk to you next week. All right, now I hope you feel better and better and don't get sick again. <laughs> I am really going to try not to. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Bye, hon. Bye. Jimmy Ray, word machinist. Make sure you go check him out. All right, our next caller. Area code seven one eight seven one eight. You are on the air. How you doing, sweetie? Good evening, sweetie? Nyla. How you doing? I'm glad to hear you're feeling better. It's Jim Hart. Thank you. I am. I'm. I'm feeling better. I don't think I. I really feel like I don't know if you guys can tell or if it, I mean you guys have to be able to notice. I just feel so rummy tonight. No, it's not I'm, coming through that way. No. 
it's like my brain my brain is absolutely in a fog still. I didn't realize it was that bad. But I am so glad you're here. I saw your area code and it's like yay. So what's going on with you? What'd you bring us tonight? Um two poems uh from the new collection, another just another Friday night in Brooklyn. Uh, The first one is called One Good Reason Not To. In the summer of 1945, men, women, and children slept peacefully in New York. It wasn't until mid-December that the strange taste of burning bodies waffled into their mouths on the long journey from Japan. End peace. Wow. Wow. Uh, Second one is backup. I lost her somewhere between St. Mark's Place and Midnight. She got off the Jim Hart bandwagon and climbed aboard another musician, one with more polish and a 1957 Stratocaster. Some tunes just play out that way. He was a lead man, and I was just part of the group. And man, that cat had vocals. I mean, he blew the house down like some good-looking male Janis Joplin. Look at me. I mean, even picturing me 50 years younger, your heart would never skip a beat. End peace. You know, those those are both so completely different. And I, I thought they were absolutely incredible. The first one was just, it's like, how can a poem have that much shock factor when there's nothing, it, it, it's not written intentionally. Like, you know, a lot of times people will put the word fuck in a poem or they will, you know, use something that's just, that's triggers that, you know that shock factor. Yeah. But you don't do that. You just you do it with the emotion of the words that you use, the way you you make them dance. I mean, that was just incredible. Okay. <laughs> the second one just I loved it. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um I I'm I'm picturing the whole thing and I'm, you know, I'm picturing you with your hair long and, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I lived through the '60s twice, so yeah. Did you re- were you really in a band? Oh yeah, yeah. For a good, I, I want to well, see a picture of you a in few the '60s. Bands, uh, I, I want to see you in a picture, a music picture of you from the '60s. Oh okay. You have to post it online. Start an album of something like that, <laughs> so, so I can, so I can, uh, yeah, I want to see it. If you would do not mind. No, I do not mind. No. Very cool. You got a? Is it you that has a book coming out? You do, right? Yeah, it just came out. Just another Friday night in Brooklyn. Congratulations! I was gonna do a drum roll, but you don't. You do a drum roll at this situation. You need to have like symbols or something. I don't have those in here. <laughs> Congratulations! That's amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Tell everybody a little bit about it. Excuse me. Tell everyone a little bit about your book. Uh, it, it's a collection. It's about a, uh, geez, 
I don't even know. It's about 120 something pages. <laughs> uh, it's really a, a continuation of the type stuff that that I write. Uh, the the I already have the the next book, poetry book that is almost complete, and uh, it's poems from the softer side because I think my, the first three uh, are, are a little harder because that's the kind of life I had growing up. So that's you know you really do write about what you know, but. Uh, I decided to to write the fourth collection uh, with love not only for people I knew all throughout my life, but uh, as you know, my wife passed away in September. Mm-hmm. So the second part of the book is going to be without you, and it's going to be poems written since then. That's uh, incredible. I'm really excited. Will you do do you have a link and stuff for it that you can throw on my page? A link for this new book now? Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Would you do that? Sure. So everyone can find it easily? Yes. Very good. Uh, cool. And people can get me on Facebook or, or jimhartpoet.com or get any of the three poetry collections or two novels on amazon.com. Amazing. And once again, your Facebook page, it's just Jim Hart on Facebook, right? Jim Hart Poet. Oh, on Facebook, yes, it's just Jim Hart. Yeah. All right, sweetheart, you going to be here next week? I certainly hope so. <laughs> awesome. We will talk to you then. Okay. You have a good Thanks, night baby. and stay well. I will, and congratulations again. So proud of you. That's oh, amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 240. I know who this is. Hey, Joe. <laughs> hey, Nala. Excuse me. <coughs> hey, Nala, how you doing? <laughs> I am doing absolutely wonderful. It's oh, really good you. to hear from you. Likewise, likewise. You know, sad he you were feeling a little down on the weather, but Glad you sent my back. <laughs> I'm here. I, you know, I, I said all the time we don't always do it pretty, but we always do it right. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, what's going on with you this week? What do you have for us? What's amazing? All that good stuff. Uh, well, what's amazing? I've been uh, doing a lot of writing with uh, a lot of folks from across the pond lately, and uh, you know certain group I was in, they were, uh, you know, asked me to join the anthology and all the, all the uh, proceeds were going to go to uh, the Children's Foundation. So, you know, I've been, uh, you know, exercising my pen and, uh, like you said, read more than I write lately. So that's what I've been up to. I'm so proud of you. I can't even tell you. Uh, hey, it, it's, it's a beautiful exercise, trust <laughs> What are you? What are you going to read? Uh, actually, I'm going to read a poem uh, by one of the new friends I met over uh, over in the United Kingdom. Oh, cool! And so I, I asked her, "Could I read her poem?" And uh, she, she 
said, of course. So yeah, that's what I'm going to do tonight. It's called, uh, with a little bit of seasoning by Sarah Wheatley. We watch spy seasons come and go, resound the months as in and out they roll. We frame sinks, corns rise, fighting gold, feathers grow. Low to the jack frost born, nature's child blow. Winter's joy, ahoy boy, a beautiful thing to view, we enlightened. Live yearning the changes of swirling outside. To see bluebell bays bloom, earth's wonder hold sight of, whilst awaiting the cold grass to cool off our busy summers. Family's cheerful, the fun of Christmas. How fast this way does pass the year. Two, two seconds, hours, million years pass, and we're still looking forward to the next season's glass. By Christmas at Easter, Boy, Christmas, she passed last, focusing on our ever-long list of tasks. It's good to relish in hopes easier, long goals manageable, more hopeful, no strong breeze to stand against there. But what happens then to the changes inside us? What happens to the time that sits right beside us? What happens to the moments between Phoenix and Jack, where Phoenix are like Jack's candlestick? Jack stops her flight onto the beanstalk. Ouch. Snap. The little turns and quips the learns of our soul. Corn grows, we grow, on we too roll. The continually changing ocean waves emotional. We sit right amongst the bluebells, fresh, growing tall, feeling so good right now or feeling ever so small, yet ignoring all this for next month's hopeful call. When life might come with no present woes, striving to ignore our current falls, our failures instead, sharp reflected glimmers of smashed summers we hail for. Autumn, spring, newness, birth, laughs are our saviors. From the need for continual adaptation to human behavior, we long to be longing, longing to sing a seasonal song in time when we should sing for us, for ourselves, for our mind. Sing the true feelings that we feel inside. Sing of the waves, the sure ebbing tide, not of the future so distant afar. A whisper of sister, of an uncle, of an auntie, of a brother, of a cousin, of a future not yet advancing instead of recover by uncover. The truth that's felt inside us, deep inside who we are, the truth that resides, our chance, one chance. To feel true happiness We can't change Make good futures If we don't view What's in our faces See today's drawing light Commence little stages Of good changes Become the day's stars Or light the days As they pass See what we have Little brightnesses Spy the wonders That already are For then we can hope better That life can be warm And bright Live in the true and honest, kind and present, most calming, pleasurable delight. Because we see things can seem brighter, 
are brighter in life. Right now, right here, we have our season always in sight. And we live never in fear or ever longing for more. We live today's hope. Live the hope at our front door. For we light it. Live your brightest. That's Sarah Weekly. Thank you. That was an incredible piece. Pass that on to her that that was absolutely amazing. Oh, man, she, 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 she blows me away the stuff she writes. And so young, and, you know, she's looking to be published and all that, asking a lot of questions and all that, so I'm trying to help her out best I can, but I think she's brilliant. <laughs> I, I would have to agree hearing that. I'm very impressed. Yes, indeed. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's an amazing group of poets. Uh, they remind me of a lot of the uh, Speaking to Cafe, to be honest with you. It's that, it's that uh, feel of poetry, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It does, yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right. Absolutely right. Oh, I do have another short one, if you don't mind. Yes, please. Okay, this is a song lyric, and uh, this is also by another artist, uh, Joe and I'm a trade, and, uh, you know, we would, ch- you know, I chat with her every now and then, so I asked permission to read this, read her lyrics for you guys, so here we go. Uh, the song is uh, called uh, The Weakness in Me. I'm not the sort of person who falls in and quickly out of love. But to you, I give my affection right from the start. I have a lover who loves me. How could I break such a heart? Yet still you get my attention. Why do you come here when you know I've got troubles enough? Why do you call me when you know I can't answer the phone Make me lie without a want to and make someone else some kind of unknowing fool. Make me stay when I should not. If you're so strong, is all the weakness in me. Why do you come here and pretend to be just passing by? I need to see you. I need to hold you tightly. Feeling guilty and I'm worried. And I'm waking from tormented sleep. Because this old love, you know it has me bound. But this new love cuts so deep. If I choose now, I'm bound to lose out. One of you going to have to fall. Because I need you, baby. Why do you come here when you know i got troubles enough? Why do you call me when you know I can't answer the phone? Make me lie when I don't want to and make someone else some kind of unknowing fool. You make me stay when I should not. If you're so strong, then resolve the weakness in me. Why do you come here and pretend to be just passing by? I need to see you. I need to hold you tightly. Uh, that's by Joan Amatree. Thank y'all. That was intense you know don't we all have that one person in in our lives who just just does nothing but make us use bad judgment 
and make bad yeah. decisions. You know? Yeah. I mean, how many, how many of us are sitting there picturing a face in our heads right now? I know I am. <laughs> it's like, wow, how'd you know him? <laughs> I did a lyric justice. Mm-hmm. Both poets, both artists actually. Yeah. Yeah. Other people inspire us, so I like to uh, you know it's like you say, you gotta read more than you write. Man. You do. Yeah, I love it when people actually do that and then you know, you ask them how many times have you been inspired to write something by what you've read. And that's what most people who don't read tell me. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to read something that's going to make me, and they're going to inspire me to write something. So it's it's like no, that's not plagiar plagiarism. That's inspiration. Yeah. You yeah, provoke the, the whole thought, point. and you <laughs> often ran with it. You know, you can't yeah. have you can't think of new things if you don't put new things in your head. Exactly. Yes. All right, sweetheart. Tell everyone how to find you, honey. Uh, you can find me on the Facebook on the Joe Perry. Uh, you can find me on the what is that, uh, Instagram on the Demine Dancer. And that's about it right now. Very cool. All right. We'll talk to you next week, baby. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Great job tonight. Thank you for sharing them with us. Well, thanks for the time, Lyle. I appreciate you. <laughs> appreciate you. All right, our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you are on the air. Hello, Miss Nyla. <laughs> hey, sweetheart, how are you doing? I'm good. Glad you're feeling better. I, I'm, I'm kind here. of like hitting a one. Yeah, right? I, I come, I'm kind of hitting a one-year anniversary from the nonsense that I went through last summer. So I, I trust me, I understand. It it is no fun. Mm-mm. I was out I was out of I was off of work for about a month and a half because of that garbage. Oh crap! So, oh yeah, and 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 and, I, and, and I'm still feeling the the effects from it because I I can't hardly smell anything. I can't hardly taste anything. I'm about ready to go find someone to slap me in the head just because. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you still owe me a visit. I'll just do it while you're here. Ah, well, we can. Well, let's put it this way: we'll go out and just slap the water. Then I don't. I, don't, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to a friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you know. But now this uh, this is uh, um, well, it's Soldier Blue. Um, uh, this is the thing that I was telling you about last week, and. Uh, there's an, at least one other of the prompts in here, and I'm I'm just going to leave it like this as saying, see if you can figure out uh, which one it is. I mean, as far as like which which other one I used, and this uh, this work is simply called Translations. Granite tracks of thunder, the mutter, the hunger, the rasp and swish of burnt smoke. The heaving sides of sky relics and the ripped shift of what was thought unbreakable. Brainstem quivers, shivers at the pressed thought, touch of thought, finger rot of a finger blade, shades 
storm the earthen frontier with the foam, the bracken form of grassroots, kega, frozen shapes from underneath. Translation of a madman, Nombe, picked, pieced together, numerical ciphers, systematic digital reflex, bone queries, bone wahil, about to call, about to numbers punch the deadlock airtight digital tick make the call dead space lifeless numbers by the acetone tongue speaking feeling off reeling off a spiel into the darkness that sucks the weak drawn wind into a dead into the dead spot mild absorption the gravitational post, broken words, misspent breath, translation of a madman. Gray skies, grayer mind, sacred stranger. Cerebral strains, stains, and neuron moving brain waves to a welter of seething mind over matter become neuro mud. Monstosto. I can see you, he says. I can feel you, he says. Using an ash urn for a rollo deck, abusing the septum slumbers in sleepless agitation, the riffling whisper of phone numbers he has for the dead, lightning flash in a bottle, the rubble surface downward slant scent of rolling stench, He's been living underground. Flames issue from sodden veins, burdened with traces, tracks of embalming fluid cuts. Fire! Walls dissolve into a sullen empire of atmosphere. Dark films of hardened sight, eyes growing dim in the half-light. A truce made with the truth. Translations of a madman. Eat grass. Swallow rocks. Starvation diet. Historical mass for a mad landmark. Can you tell the difference between the many? Emancipation and 38 plus 2. Volunteers of duress. Killings for a national record, the ignorance screaming for redress. Oh, who's who? Millions, 80 millions and counting of a Holocaust never discussed. Gender genocides, paper genocides, mental health slashed to make room for a political prison. Silk reports, fire, flood, record, records lost. So convenient for the so civilized. Survivors filled with a savor of disgust, no reparation, just mile markers, miles and miles, so seemingly mild. Bone fodder, asphalt highway, boarding school, dead, 250 in a communal grave just recently found they gave us of themselves a discovery. We see with our divining sight. Phone numbers for the dead wonder what our ancestors would have said. 
just for the record, one of shit, the, the ones that didn't know they had to die for freedom, retaliation and excuse for redistribution, that smudge of smoke, that telltale, that tell-all, the calaveras, skulls and bones, that palm touched a pristine sky, apitra, oh, free Dumb, free to dominate, dominion over all. Oh, yeah, blessed be. Maybe the dead will be my bucket. Maybe they will distribute my inheritance, or maybe they will just be my willing aides, healers, confidants, with never betrayal contemplated and translate the rage of this madman, turn, fight back, dead listings, roth locations for every mass occurrence, historical smothering, summation, loving hands lay straight what was crooked, revelation, spirit rife with rage, spirit one soul soothing, Sowing movement of a wind through the trees. Translations of a madman. So how many of the prompts were in there? Well, there's two. <laughs> okay, so it there was a few the more. translation of a madman, obviously, mm, and phone yeah. numbers for the dead. Mm-hmm. Yay, I got him. Yeah. <laughs> I kept listening. It's like, how many do you say? I don't remember how many you said. <laughs> so I have no clue what your yeah. poem's about, but I listened to every word closely. <laughs> well, I, just, I was concentrating you know, so much on that. I, I didn't read. I, yeah. I don't even. No, I'm joking. That was an, an amazing oh, okay. read, hon. I was well, teasing you. you. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, the, uh, this one, uh, just recently um, they found 215, uh, well, they found the bones of 215 children behind or underneath where a, a boarding school used to be. And uh, this piece... I started writing it before I heard that story come out. And a lot of Native people are really having a hard time with this because the thing is is that the boarding schools are not that far into the past as people would like to think in terms of, well, that's something that was. Well, yeah, it was. But we still are, have, have our grandfathers and grandmothers, and they're still living with what happened to them at these boarding schools. Just to give you an idea of that, there was one lady who put her story up on the board, and this was in 2017. She was 73, and she had been at a boarding school where they forced her to work at the infirmary, and she would steal peanut butter and bread to give to the kids who were in there because a lot of them were that were were pretty much starving or, or you know hungry. And, you know, depending on their state of when they came into the infirmary. And she had to help wrap and prepare 
the dead children. And this, she being a child herself, you know, you can imagine the implication of that. You know, here she is doing that and wondering when her turn is next and who will be wrapping her. You know? So, any rate, this is, yeah, it's just it's something that I'm going to be processing for a while. So, you're going to, there are going to be flashes of it coming up through various of my works. This one's called Ashes on a Wednesday. Ashes on a Wednesday, Nikolce. Pour them on the ground, let them feel the sun beating down, down. Cool earth calming sacred sounds. Akatsi. Let us inform the ancient South, ages, directions, the definitions that defy time, ragged memories, wabakte, wadashton, beggars bundle, blue blunt flames, boy, everything is ashes, ashes, ashes falling on a Wednesday. Memoriam for a mass grave, the boarding school legacy has risen upon the smoking stench of a graveyard wind. The communal earthworks that had covered 215 children morphed become bones. What was it they gained from this alien education? Softened wings of carrion crows, guardians, messengers of the soft whispers of children such as these, their bones speaking louder than the promises of a better life. While he pour the essence of spirit sage and guardian cedar upon them, ashes, ashes falling on a Wednesday. Broken winter, crumbling earth, 215 red earthen children, their communal grave, a second chance, another opportunity of birth to lay them sweetly down. With songs made just for the dead, Dasuda, a cleansing made of scorched earth, orange paint, orange dye, orange sunsets, miyukpe, Sinking low before the fading touch of second sight, faded like flowers left too long in the light. Scattered as dirt over the land, you cannot escape these dead. They are as close as the shadows of the deeds you seek to hide. And it shall be a day of reckoning as you have never known. Ashes, ashes falling, ashes, Nikolce on a Wednesday. Such as these are young, our dead, they shall be named within the songs of the high hills. Their faces streaked with color, vermilion shades as have not been seen for a century. Night singing will announce them, and nothing you can do will erase, efface, or obliterate these young, our dead, Bika. 215. Ashes, ashes falling on, ashes on a Wednesday. Who said such ceremony was only for you and yours? 
ashes, ashes, nikot, falling, blessed by the sun, let our young ones of Kamloop boarding school, residential in nature, feel that warming touch. Oh, sacred ashes, trago, ashes, on a Wednesday. Monke, Jongi, Uwe. Wow. That was absolutely, absolutely incredible. And, you know, it, we have um, the same type of thing that happened here. No, with, no with doubt. Our, with our, especially Salem. I mean, Salem, Oregon was the, you know, had the, uh, oh, God, no. Now that I want to tell you what it was, I can't think of the name. But, um there was like six different schools, six different places up there. And I think they just closed down. I think they finally shut them down maybe only 10 years ago. I didn't even realize they were still in service and had people up there. And, and you know, the stuff that they it, – it's its funny the secrets you learn when the halls are empty, right? Oh, yeah. No and, doubt. And, you know, how, who do you hold accountable now? Well, I mean, it's just there's, there's 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 no way to to put it in those kind of terms. I mean, it. I mean, because I mean, there. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that that's it, the, the, the the sequence of the two news stories that I've seen thus far. Uh, the first one was talking about the fact that oh, you know, everybody's in such sorrow and the flags are at half mast and they ran orange lighting on the uh, Niagara Falls in commemoration of, of and memoriam of these children, and then turn around today and they say, "Well, we but we cannot be held accountable for the for the, the cultural uh, uh, the for the cultural death." Basically, is what they're trying to say of these children, and it's like, "Come on, are you serious? Are you really going to are you really going with that bullshit?" You know, if you if you look yeah. at the genocidal accords that were that were written by Great Britain and the United States in 1948, that is exactly what they're talking about when they're talking about cultural genocide. Mm-hmm. There is no way they no, can and, escape and that. And not even not even hiding it. You know, not even trying to. No. You know, back then this was yeah. All right, Soldier Blue. Your voice is important. Well, Your voice is going to change the world. <laughs> Well, I keep trying. Um, uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook, and um, it says, says Rape Wild, and then underneath in parentheses it says Soldier Blue. And then also, if you want to uh, hear uh, the uh, uh, podcast, uh, the podcast is called Red Earth One. Put that all together like one word, capitalizing the R, the E, and the O. And basically all of the major... Um, podcast uh, platforms have it, uh, including Spotify, and it's free at the moment. I'm trying to build an audience. I'm not trying to, you know, cut myself before, you know, as far as, you know, being able to generate interest first before, you know, before anything happens. So I want to try to get that going on on that level prior to. Very cool. But, um, yeah, I'm in there. 
Awesomeness. All right, and we will talk to you next week, Soldier Blue. Yes. Oh, uh, one one last thing. Uh, 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 for for Mike, I mean, I don't know what he which way what way he's going in terms of uh, you know doing his recording, but there are all kinds of little free uh, podcast apps out there where you can literally, uh, for as long as you have breath, you can record whatever it is you're trying to record. There's mm-hmm. no time limit. So if he's if he's, if he's stuck on a minute for for whatever reason. Uh, like I said, he needs to rethink that. <laughs> go, go through, go through Google Play, and he can find about fifteen or twenty of them that he can, that he can, like I say, basically go until he, you know, he's finished. Mhm. Yeah. So sometimes anyway, oversimplifying go. is overcomplicating, right? Oh no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Oh, he's gonna poke me in the eye for saying that. All right, Soldier Blue. <laughs> Awesome job. Appreciate you so much. Thank so you, glad Nara. you're able to call in again. Oh, I am too. It's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. It has. All right, sweetie. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye, Bye. All right. I think our next caller is Clarence. 615, you are on the air. Yes, it is me. I didn't know if I was going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, sweetie, how are you doing? I'm fine, Nala. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing really well. I'm doing good. I'm here, so that's a good thing, right? Yes, it is, and I'm happy you're here. (laughs) I really thought I was going to have to have Christopher host this way if I wasn't feeling good enough to be up, but... So I'm glad. I, I don't care if I'm doing it messy. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. So I have two pieces. Won't waste any time. And the first one, I have two prompts of yours. And this piece is called Hour of the Wolf. Ooh, okay. All right. Would you open your Bibles? as I take scriptures out of context and lie to you. But you won't see the sleight of hand as I hoop and holler to get your emotions excited. Have you acting like a fool, dancing in the aisles and running around with your non-exercising self until you pass out? I'm sorry, but did you expect a group of paramedics to regulate your heartbeats and blood pressures? Let me touch your head again. You've been healed by the mend of God. Now let's receive a love offering. Come here, young lady dressed as a prostitute. Confess your sins in my office around 10. Don't I have a wife, you ask? Oh, she's joining us because she's all in. Because God said be fruitful and multiply. Missionary position does not apply. You'll have to pick polyamorous style. Three's company and I'm called Jack Tripper with two packs of Jimmy swaggering to show you I've got juice because I'm the bishop. And if you have friends with benefits, I'll be there for you. Now, can I get a witness? This is a wolf I considered myself, and my ministries is my business. I'm one of the richest preachers believing in tithing, and I'll push Malachi 3. Even though I'm not a Levite priest, I keep this financial prosperity cycling 
You see the Cadillac, this Bentley, this Lambo I'm driving. You see the $650 million Gulfstream jet I'm flying. I'll have you believing you can live your best life now. I'll have you flowing with Oprah quoting, there's many ways to God. I'll have you generating money off the battlefields of your mind. I'll have you calling yourself an eagle and a lion. I'll have you buying Miracle Tap water at one in the morning for 1999. I'll take you on a journey predicting president elections speaking in tongues. I'll have you getting a prayer cloth as I scream at the top of my lungs, God. I'll make bastard babies while saying these hoes ain't loyal because I'm that pastor that you can trust. Let the judge say amen with four easy payments. You can protest in this matrix, but I won't hit the pavement. And I couldn't pay my staff if I gave money to the homeless in my zip code, even though there's none in my zip code, but I got you in control. So how the hell would you know? I'll even say God told me who win the Super Bowl. Broncos over the Seahawks, and I won't admit that I was wrong. I'll even do a revival of reciting word for word in my sermon from a psychic and claim it as something that I predict. That's my hour, and I'm finished. Now bring your envelope-filled tithes here, my innocent victims. In peace. Wow. This poem is a perfect example of why I do not believe in organ I believe in spirituality, I believe in all that good stuff, but I don't believe in organized religion. Yep. Perfect example of religion serving man, not man serving religion. Yes. And now my second piece, another prompt from you, and this one is called I Will Walk. This heel pain feels like icicles engraving down to the bone marrow trying to disable me, but I will walk. Without a limp, I don't see old age or wear and tear. Yes, I'm flat-footed, but I will walk. I've taken care of the elderly, gained wisdom and gleaned knowledge. I stepped on a rusty nail at 16, walked off the searing injury, so I'll do it again. I will walk. I've overcame the diagnosis. I've drastically cut down sugars, lost 55 pounds in four years, matching my age and my mind's clear. But I will walk. I don't worship Father Time and Mother Nature. Yahweh is my God, Yeshua the Messiah, my Lord and Savior. I rock with the Ruach every day, even through bad behaviors. I'm learning repentance for all the choices I've been making. But I will walk. Whether 500 miles across country like I'm Forrest Gump, I will not lose my steps and my legs will not be stumps. I will minister to my toes, my ankles, my heels in this rest. My pain thresholds past 10, but I don't surrender. I win. Don't doubt me because I will give it my all. Doctors, keep your pills on my face because I will walk. That's that piece. Huh. Absolute killer ending there. That was awesome. Thank you very much, Nyla. You're very welcome, my darling. So, Mr. Clarence, will you tell everyone how they can come over and show you some love? Yes. Um, you can find me on Facebook at my my page, backslash Clarence Ferguson, Jr., or you can go to C-double, that's like you're seeing double, 
34 Music and Friends as a public group. Perfect. And, of course, here next week. I'll do my best. <laughs> Thank you so much. I need, you did a fantastic I need, I need job. You get, <laughs> you get an A on all of your prompts and just impressive as heck, my dear. All right. Thank you very much. Get better. You are welcome. I will, sweetie. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 323323. Three, three, three. You are on the air. This is Ed McKinney from Los Angeles. Sincere. Hey, How are you doing? Ed. How are you doing, baby? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Wonderful. It's good to hear from you. It's good to be heard. What's going on in your corner of the world? Uh, besides um, the normal, which is people <laughs> debating still getting their size, people not getting size, people selling the fake cards. It's a lot. Fake cards. Yeah, you know, you, you, the CDC give out a card that you took your shot, say you took it. Well, you can uh. buy them there. You can buy those cards without taking a shot. Wow. Why would someone yeah, do that? I have no... A lot of people still leery about taking it. The unknown factor. So why don't Pretty they just not get it? Why do they need a card? Because they, uh, the law says it's going to be mandatory for people to show it, that they have it or not. To go to certain places here in California. I can't speak ah. for the rest of the world. I'm just talking about L.A., L.A. County. That makes sense. Yeah. I get it now. All right. So what did you bring tonight, my darling? Uh, before you say something, two, two pieces. So before you say something. Okay. Before we... Before we get death knocking at our doors, let's knock back what they promised to end slavery then and now. If you don't know what I mean by slavery, just look what happened at the French Open. As though still being treated as slaves around the world, where humanity is seeing death by designers and lions in Israel. If you still don't know what I mean, slavery by slaves. Look what's happening in Israel. That's a holocaust being shown live. But who am I to say anything? A true holocaust of epic begging and beginning. Ask those changes of chairmen, of children dying under 18. If the holocaust is real in Palestine, Israel, Jericho, and Jerusalem, slavery can find a way under the falsehood of words, even though it says obey your master's masters. Read it. Read the word. It's in the book that have been handed down for adventure offering centuries of meanings. Before you say something, check your facts. That's that piece. Check your facts. Fact check. Do you know how how much nicer this world would be if people did that? If if everybody just fact yeah. Well, I know that Facebook is fact checking everything I put up. So since I'm the only one, I feel I'm the only one. So I know when I write, because I've been tagged and labeled as a troublemaker, I know they're reading. Somebody's reading, taking their time, 
out of millions and millions of people who's on here that you know have their accounts, I know I'm being watched because only certain things I could put out. So I would be nice that somebody will fact check and or realize what they taught us. I'm just spitting back, regurgitating what's been taught to me. So you can't get mad at what you taught me. Just saying. You and you and Mama. <laughs> Can't get bad. The second piece is called 1800. 12 years a slave. Education was a key up north away from those old people who bought and brought and sold us. Negroes who made men away from the deep southern Negroes of the Dixie Cuffs. Asked me against my own will. Custom design ideas idle silk roads between nowhere and somewhere often intentions abroad civilizations inside a country soon being scared to be tolerated by laws or intolerant or insensitive. I am a human being. Yes, I'm a Negro brought here. However, you still don't see this is still 1800. Extremely tolerant and green bats understanding the book lies. I'm a free man whose wife and family heartbreaks came within a month that seems like a day. Twelve years a slave, Solomon is my name, a runaway boy. Georgia finance or produce your paperwork. Freedom is my name from the New York Truist. Joy will one day hand you justice, forgetting about memorial service, whichever comes off your necks. True story. 1800. Let's peace. Wow. Both of those absolutely incredibly intense. Fantastic. Those are, that was just great. That was awesome. 1800 came off the You, the you blew me away. Of, of the movie. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you so much. I appreciate you. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. That movie is amazing. I had to watch it again. And the fact that I had to look it up and fact check that they were still doing that, especially in D.C., they were taking people in the north, taking them to an area that was unrestricted, um, drugging them and selling them. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. Experimenting and on them? The, that part. But yet when we regurgitated for myself, I get flagged. I'm, I'm not understanding Without us, won't be no them. And they know who them is if you listen to my voice, and this is going to be here forever. Just, just saying. <laughs> Amen. I'll keep it safe. I'm on board. <laughs> I got your back. <laughs> I appreciate. No, it's facts. It's facts. It's, you do because it's written before I was born. So you're right. I mm-hmm. appreciate you. <laughs> this is all facts. <laughs> That's funny. All right, my sweetheart. Tell everyone you how can they find can find me at you. Ed McKinney at Facebook. One Half Court Publishing at Instagram. And also Google One Half Court Publishing. And that's it. That's where you can find me. Perfect. And we'll see you here next week at Yes, ma'am. I appreciate you. Appreciate you so much. Thanks, Ed. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great evening. You too.
Okay. Our next caller comes from area code. I need to let area code 219 and 207. So 219, 207, and 407. You guys are not in the lineup. So there you go, 219. I got gotcha. you. So 407 and 207. If you guys want to come on the air, press 1. If you're here hanging out and just listening, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. And that's area code 207 and 407. If either of you would like to come on, press 1. If you're hanging out listening, awesome. And if you change your mind anytime, you can press 1, 407, 207, and come on the air with me. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 863. 863, you're on the air. Area code 207 and 407. Noreen, I forgot to remind Noreen early. Noreen. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, um, uh, hello, um, Nyla. <laughs> Hi, honey. Okay, I okay, I got it turned down now. Okay, and and I'm okay, and I'm glad you you're getting better. And, Thank and, and you I, so much. You're welcome, and I feel bad that you've been sick all week and. And I um, feel bad that you you said you had been sick all week, so I hope you get a lot more better. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Okay. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. So okay. what's been going on with you? What did you bring for us, honey? Okay. For um for Gary's poem, um, I have um a musician's love. Okay. Um, the violin hears at thy bow, forever drawing it to and fro. Never-ending cycle, like tunes of practice done just right. The violin rests, no more sound. Skies darken, and the night settles down. As I leave a wanton wanderer full of thought, it makes no difference if it's sweet or hot. The fictions of probability is what I see. To embellish a spellbound dream for me, the end. Oh, phenomenal. Yes. Okay. I miss him. I wish he was still here in, in flesh and blood. Because um, he, he had so much more poetry to write. He could, well, I wish he was here to write him. I think that he still writes through your heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Absolutely believe that 100%. Mm-hmm. So which one of yours are you going to share, honey? Okay. And this is a, one of the older ones I have. It's called Teach a Child. Teach a child to love a best gift you can give instead of hatred towards mankind. Teach a child's respect towards the elderly instead of disrespect and cruelty. Teach a child about marriage, how sacred it is, and in order to be a success, and it should be based on love, true love. The spouse is like your cherished treasure. Teach a child about friendship. You can't buy friends, and friends are treasures. Teach a child about morals and values, how important it is. Teach a child on bias towards the ones who are different from us. Teach a child about God's love and Jesus' love, how he loves each one of us. 
teach a child to read and write, he would go far in life for the good. Teach a child about nature to appreciate the simple and small things in life. Teach a child about arts and crafts. He can create things with his hands if he put his mind to it so he can build up his self-esteem and confidence. Teach a child to say no to drugs. It'll put him through hell on earth if he says yes. Teach a child these things, and this world will be a better and safer place to live. The end. That was incredible, Maureen. Well, thank you. You are very welcome. That was beautifully written. Well, thank you. You're welcome. How's your book coming along? Um, the the new one. Well, I I haven't got right back to it. I still got to get back to it yet. I got I I picked out seventy one, but I want to narrow it down to fifty. <laughs> I think sixty three. Sixty three is a good number. Sixty three. Mhm. Wow, and that's how old I am too. 63. Is it really? Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. But yeah, 63 is a good number for a book. Okay, then I'll I'll do 63. I'll pick 63 out of 71. Cool. Been, that'll make, been, that'll make been, narrowing it down a little bit easier, too. Yes, it would. Yes. Perfect. All right, sweetie, tell everyone how they can come find you guys. Okay. You can um find um, the, um Gary and I. Uh, well, you can find our books, Now and Forever, Our Love, and Other Love Poems, The Hour of Truth, The Reflection of Our Inner Beings, and the um, Two Hearts in One. You can find all of them on, on Amazon.com. And you can find us on our official website at um, Gary and wait, com front slash poetry and you can find um, Gary on ReverbNation.com Facebook.com and PoetryPoem.com and he's also Googleable and Googleable <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and, and, um, and then you can find um, uh, me on uh, you can find me, um, me on um, Facebook.com ReverbNation.com and poetrypoem.com, and um, oh, you can find both of us under Gary and Noreen on code-fi.com, and then you can um, okay, find um, you can find us every Saturday night at 5:30 p.m. Um, on um, the port uh, the Poetry Club doing Facebook Live. Absolutely, and if you guys have not checked that out, you need to. Noreen always posts it on my page, so watch for those announcements to pop up as she's not posting them on yours. And Noreen, very proud of you for everything that you're doing. Wow, thank you. And and oh, and I want to thank um, uh, uh, Bill Peters. Um, I I got it uh, one day last week. Uh, he donated a book. I did a, a live video on it on the Poetry Club, and um, he sent us some books. To be for the a drawing, and um and this Saturday gonna be the the um be a portrait be a, a raffle drawing, and anybody who's a member of it will be eligible to win, except 
the one except the ones who had already won, they they had to wait till six months before they can do it again. I think that's how it usually goes for raffle drawings. But wow. I that's what I said it for six months. I thought that's fair. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, every, and then because I always I keep track of everybody going on there, and if I see somebody leaving, I check it out with my list. That way, people who who who, who quit there, they can't they can't win. Because that's for only the people in the club. Yeah. Okay, and then um and then that'll be um this Saturday. It's gonna be this one's gonna be um Bill Peters' book. Very good. Yep, and I want to thank Bill Peters for donating eight books. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll see what I've got laying around. I'm actually going through my shelves right now, so. Okay. Okay. See if I have anything I can send to you. I actually have a okay. package already started for you, but you don't know that yet. Oh wow, wow, <laughs> <laughs> wow! Thank you in advance. Oh wow! You're welcome. <laughs> wow! All right, fantastic job tonight, sweetheart. Appreciate okay. you so much. Okay, and we appreciate you, and we we love you all. We will talk to you next week. Yes, yes, and I'm sorry that last Thursday because I ended up falling asleep. I was, I just got really tired, and I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> okay, T- today I t- took a nap this afternoon, and um, and then then I'm okay tonight. Good. Okay. I'm, I'm be getting. I guess you get when you get older, you you fall asleep. <laughs> well, get, <laughs> I mean, during uh, the day. It happens. <laughs> yes. I fight naps. I don't even like going to bed at night. I hate it. I, I hate either. it when I go to sleep. That's my yeah. problem. I don't like to go to, ever since Gary passed away, I have, I'm have. i fighting. I try to fight to sleep because I don't want to go to bed at night, but I know I have to. So I, I'm trying to get better at it. I'm trying to go to to uh, to get to bed normal instead of like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and I know that's not good, but it's very hard. Because I'm, I'm not, I, I don't think I'll ever get over Gary. I know I won't. You're not and supposed I, to. Why would you no, want to? You're not going to. I don't it's want not going to happen. Get, no, yeah. it won't. It won't. It just, but he was in my dream. Happen. No, he was in my dream last two nights. So it was awesome. I didn't want to wake up then when he was in my dream. Well, that sneaky <laughs> little bugger. <laughs> What's he doing, Tom Cattening around there? <laughs> tell, him I'm, tell him I'm watching him. <laughs> if you start writing those erotic poems again, Noreen, I'm going to know what's going on. <laughs> I love you so much, sweetheart. Thank you okay. for sharing both yours and Gary's poem tonight. I appreciate okay. you. We love you guys so much. Okay, thank you, Will. And we love you all, too. All right. Thank you you for having us here. Oh, honey, you're welcome. It is an honor to be on here, to to be here, to listen to all the the awesome poets and and everything. And it's really, we we love it. (laughs) We're going to talk to you next week? Yes, I'll be here next week. Perfect. Okay. All right, hen. We'll see you then. Okay. Okay. T- talk to you later. Okay. 
I don't say goodbye. I, I didn't say it. You didn't hear me no, say you it. Didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> no. No. All okay. right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Our next caller, Miss Noreen. Our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you're on the air. Oh, yeah, not how you doing? Hey, Hello. Brother O. I had to grab you because I know that you forgot to press no, one. No, no, what I did, no, what I did, I pressed it earlier, it probably kicked me off. That's what happened. Uh, yeah, I knew it was something like that because you've been on hold for a while. You, uh, I just noticed you were on down there, but I always write the numbers down when I start the show, and you were way up further in the... In the uh, lineup, so thank you so much for hanging out and waiting and uh, being patient with me getting your call. No problem. So uh, what's going on with you? What you bring us tonight? Uh, yeah, I wrote this poem I just finished called, a couple of days ago, called Living a Low-Profile Lifestyle. This poem is dedicated to my fellow introverts. On the poetry stage, I'm the well-known and respected influential figure in the Chicago poetry community who is a real-life real unsung hero that has been a figure inspiration to thousands of people. Brother O is a part of me who thrives in the spotlight and feeds off the energy and vibes of the audience by reciting my powerful poetic masterpieces. Now, I'm the brother who is the undisputed, bar none, the most supportive poet in the Chicago poetry community, one of the two hidden treasures who has been under the radar for over 10 years. You are truly a two-time National Spoken Word Award winner for overcoming the year, three-time author, and a fan favorite, who people marvel about my incredible abilities, despite my physical disabilities. Off the poetry stage, I'm a extremely private brother who stays to myself the majority of the time, minds my own business. Living a low-profile lifestyle is a perfect fit for my naturally introverted personality. I don't have a lot of friends who I hang out with on a regular basis. It's my best friend and brother for life, tragedy passed away last year. I really don't keep in contact with my old associates from high school, nor several of my relatives, except for when they have birthdays. Or occasionally they may call and text me or message me on Facebook. I'm currently in a steady relationship, and we have been together for over a year. I spend the majority of my free time with her, and she's the best woman to come into my complex and complicated life. Unless I'm out shopping, Getting my medicine, paying my rent and bills, going back to for the doctor's appointments, out with my girlfriend or a portrait set, I'm pretty much a homebody. I no longer have the desire to run the streets and chase after women or play in the field. I'm too mature for all that, all that stuff now I used to do in my 20s and 30s. My dear brothers and sisters, I have thrived on, I, I have never thrived on being a center of attention or being the focal point in conversations. I'm used to standing myself for days at a time. 
and I haven't posted much on social media this year. Here, my keys is living a low-profile lifestyle. Now, I broadcast on my personal business to share my intimate details of my life on social media. Folks said more practicing self-care, working on my goals and visions while I deal with distractions. Letting my success speak on my behalf, spending more quality time with my family, minding my own business, and being comfortable and spending plenty of time in solitude and poem. Phenomenal, right, honey? Thank you. You are very, very welcome. You know, as I always say with your, you know, with your writing, you stand on your convictions and make no apologies for them. You share what you know and reach out mm-hmm. and try to make the world a better place through yes. your experiences. So fantastic job, hon. Right. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're very welcome. Are you going to read a second one tonight? No, I'm just going to do that one. Only that one for the night. <laughs> okay. All right, sweetheart. Tell everyone how they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook on the Omar Brother Gathering. I have a first time in several years. I have a cool event scheduled. Doing my poetry, live poetry schedule again since I've been fully vaccinated now. And uh, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to get back on live stage. And uh, and as always, thank you, thank you guys for your support every week. I appreciate it. We appreciate you. And we will talk to you soon, sweetheart. Okay, take care. You too. All right, we have area code 407. They're going to be followed by 863. No, not 863. 608. 608? What? Okay. 407, you are on the air. Hey, good evening, everybody. How you doing, Nyla? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. How are you, baby? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Nice to hear your voice. Nice to hear all the poets tonight. Very relaxing tonight. Really enjoyed it, especially the last point. What convictions he has. <laughs> mhm, brother. Mm. Brother, oh, so I'm glad that you're here, Raymond. Indeed. Raymond Bentley, yeah. who did yeah. introduce himself, because <laughs> he's not well trained yet, and I, that's kind of uh, sexy. <laughs> Raymond Bentley. <laughs> You guys can reach me on Facebook as Raymond Bentley. You'll find me there. Oh, yes, it's nice. It's a beautiful day today. Is it? Where do you? Yes, where? What part of the country are you in? I'm in uh, Florida. I was in Tampa. We had a little rain, but it was nice. <laughs> you know. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. Hey, I you could not be this. further away from me on this continent if you tried. Uh-huh. But I love it up there. I'm crazy about the <laughs> Indeed. Hey, listen. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started doing poetry, it was in the first grade, I guess you could say doing. That was the first piece I heard. Uh, first day of school, Miss Pugh. 
she recited this piece to the whole class. And I took to it so much because it sounds so much like me. So she must have knew. And it's by Paul Lawrence Dunbar. It's called In the Morning. And it goes, Liza, Liza, bless the Lord. Don't you know the day is born? If you don't get up, you scamp. There'll be trouble in this camp. Fix our guines to let you sleep while I mix your board and keep. That's a pity how to do. Don't you hear me call you? Lies with you? Bet if I come across that flow, you won't find no time to snow. Daylight all the shining in. While you sleep, why it's a sin. Ain't the candlelight enough to burn out without a stuff? But you gonna do that too. Burning up the daylight too. Liza, don't you hear me call? No use in turning toward that wall. I can hear that mattress squeak. Don't you hear me when I speak? This here clock and struck off six. Caroline, bring me them uh bring me them sticks. Oh, you down. Sure. You down. Look at here. Don't you dare to frown. Match yourself and wash your face. Don't you splatter all over the place. (laughs) That's a pity how to do. Liza, don't you hear me call you? Caroline, you hear that boy speak? Bring me that strap so I can whip his feet. Lord, have mercy on our souls. Don't you dare touch them rolls. Bless this food we grind to eat. You sit still, boy. I see your feet. God bless our hearts and souls. And amen. <laughs> that was the piece that Miss Pugh recited to me in the first grade. And that kind of made me lock in on literature and on poetry. And uh, uh, I still remember it. And uh, uh, I enjoy it a whole lot. So I thought I'd share with you guys tonight. I love that. I love that story. I feel so much closer to you now. I'm not even kidding you. That was amazing. Yeah, well, it was me in the morning. Oh, slow rain. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) I was going to get it before I went to school. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Enjoy the show. So I have some homework for you. Ah. I want you Ah. to take that poem that you just read and basically following what you read in each line, line for line, I want you to rewrite that poem Mm. in modern day, in your voice. Change the words, change the sentences around, but make the meaning the same. And I want you to read that to me sometime. Okay. Okay, I can give you that. Okay. I got a book that I'm working on, and um, I'm trying to get it all ready. You know how we do. We try to get it perfect. I'm trying to get it all ready, and I'm trying to get it out. 
I'm trying to get it out. And um, it's a piece called In the Morning, okay, where uh, basically Miss Pugh explains the whole situation in school on that first day. Um, but I can do that. I'll look it over, you know, and go through it and see what I can come up with. And uh, get back with you guys. This is <laughs> that would be Death. awesome. You can reach me on Facebook anytime. And everybody have a blessed day. See you later tonight. Wait, 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 wait. Where are you, where are you going? You get to read two. <laughs> I got to read two. Uh, let me give you one off the Unless my you head. don't want to, but you, you can. Let me let me give you one off of my head, okay? This is inspiration. I wrote inspiration in 2001. I'm looking for inspiration to live in the land of the living, a glorified life I have forged with love, hope, and spirit was the premise of my being, and I moaned to the minute for realization of this endeavor. I can't believe I can't tell myself no. To literally grow into love, hope, and spirit, well, that's truly for the birds. But as a man, a moon chaser I am, now looking for inspiration to die in the land of the living. A glorified death-eyed forge where anger, revenge, and hate were the premises of my being. And I longed to the minute for realization of that endeavor. Couldn't believe I couldn't tell myself no. Having to run this catwalk life over the roaring sea, so angry the crest of his waves surely drew blood to terrify my soul. But this is where I dance, in the deep. Go very deep, where no man can hear a cry and free is the only friend in hope. Will whisper love. And my spirit will manifest itself to the justification of the word, who after all is therefore the inspiration for all creation. That's my piece. <laughs> Fantastic job. I'm glad I made you read the two. Thank you. Except for you just you just read that one just free off the head, right? It's all so much not a lot is in the head. So much is on paper. So much is is written down. So I can only take maybe about seven or eight of them and even attempt to memorize them. Do you remember the first poem you ever wrote? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How old were you? Um, Maybe about 16. That uh, you, when you said that, you know, you heard that poem when you were young, and you said you were what in the first grade, second grade? Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it made me smile because uh, that's right about the time I started. Oh, well, actually, I started writing poetry as soon as I was able to draw stick figures in crayon. I was doing pictograph uh, okay. poetry on my bedroom walls with a crayon. Look at that. <laughs> with the, like, like, with the like hip. Yeah. Yeah. But I the very you, first I poem I wrote was in the first grade, and I still remember it. You want to hear it? It's amazing. Yes. Can I hear it, please? Yes, you can. Tigers are the. Or wait, 
I like tigers best because tigers are the best dressed. Big stripe, best dressed. Big stripes that stand out bold. Big stripes of black and gold. That was my poem. Ah, First poem I ever oh, wrote in my nice. entire life. <laughs> nice. I like it. Such a silly I like thing. it. It's cool. No, I, not silly. It's a work. <laughs> <laughs> it's epic. <laughs> You work at it. All right, sweetheart. Give everyone on your Facebook page again, honey. Okay. Just Raymond Bentley on Facebook. You guys can reach me there if you like. Perfect. Appreciate you so much, sweetheart. Thank you. All right. Nice weekend. Bye-bye. Talk to you next week. All right. Our next caller comes from... Dakota's 50% great quarter... Uh, Siberian Husky and the rest is Alaskan Malamute and German Shepherd. You want to stop meeting them, all right? I'm going to walk down that way with them. So he's, he's showing yeah. my dog off to somebody. Yeah, I will. Tell tell Dan I'll be down there, be within a half hour. Cool. See ya. James. Hello. Who's trying Hi. to steal my dog? Um, somebody who is doing somebody else a, a, a camper a favor by uh, coming to spend the night and towing their trailer back to the front range because he didn't want to oh. pull it with his Honda Ridgeline. And they, they, they want to play with my puppy, our puppy, our well, fur baby. They, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who is having an absolute blast with his girlfriend. Well, who wouldn't enjoy getting bit in the balls all day long, Just right? Hang on, hang, hang on That's one a second. Strange thing. No. Nobody knows what we're talking hang about. On. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, are they blocking any of the turnaround? Or are they parked in that lane with it, it the boulders? It doesn't matter, guys. We're broadcasting worldwide, and and the whole world is listening. Yeah. World is now on hold waiting. Yeah. Well, okay. well I'll go take a look. So the nothing you didn't find anything? After this All right. area well, code two oh seven and five. Do you know the do you know the rest of the area? Coming up. Okay. Okay, good luck. Sorry about the interruption. That's she okay, you just put the whole world on hold. We're we're very busy here at eight thousand feet. I can imagine. Uh, It just got busy uh, because it was pretty slow. Well, uh, you're coming into the weekend, too. Yeah, that's true. James, Fuzzy Hermit in the Woods, are you going to read a poem for us? Am I going to read? Yeah. Yes, that's why I called. Well, I just wanted to make sure because it's been so long. I know it has. And I didn't know you were sick. You didn't tell me that yesterday. Naughty. Oh, I've been horrible. Good, how are you? <laughs> Go what? hide in the bathroom for a minute so you can talk. They can't get you in there. Oh, well, I can, you went I can from just go fuzzy walk. Fuzzy Hermit in the I can woods walk. to I, Campground Social I'm Butterfly. I'm now Fuzzy Hermit in the mountains. No, you're, you're Social Campground Butterfly now. <laughs> 
You are no longer Fuzzy Hermit in the Woods. You just got renamed. You know it's true. Yeah. If I sound a little hoarse, it's because I talk a lot. But then I think (laughs) you knew that. I do. So, you ready? I am. I wrote this on Memorial Day. That was pretty quiet. Rained a little bit, so people left early. The journey thus far. A day of reflection, relaxing in the Colorado Rockies, watching the clouds as they ever so slowly descend from the sky, covering the peaks and creeping down the slopes, Mother Nature's warm caress. Almost six decades of life gone by, I reflect. How did I end up here? So many days when the seconds felt like minutes. The minutes felt like hours. The hours felt like days. The days felt like months. And the years felt like an eternity. So many days, months, and years, trials by fire, trials of the physical, trials of the mind, and trials of the soul. Each trial a stepping stone to reach the next, sometimes traversing depthless caverns to reach the next trial, to reach the next mountain peak. Life is not easy. It never was meant to be. Some trials are short, a moment in time. Some trials take minutes, a crag in time. Some some trials take hours and are sometimes tedious. Some trials take days, toiling in physical and or psychological work. Some trials take months, challenging my patience. Some trials take years, challenging my perseverance. Some trials take decades, challenging my soul. Continually teaching me to focus on task, not focusing solely on the end goal. To breathe, work, play, Rest, breathe, work, play, rest. To continually strive through praying for courage, strength, wisdom, perseverance, and caution to never, never quit. All the praying and all the trials have brought me here to this magnificent spiritual, awe-inspiring place, not once, but twice. Where the clouds blanket the mountaintops as the birds chirp, the deer, bear, and mountain lions wander, and my wolf dogs play. All rejoicing in a moment of peacefulness, bliss. For all those trials and all those stepping stones, all those 
cavernous journeys into the blackness of a wounded soul. A rescue mission after rescue mission. My mission to rescue my soul. Who disappeared in a moment on a dark, lonely night 30 years ago. Cries of sadness. Sorrow so deep it bled, sometimes endlessly. Anxiety and major depression that froze me in my tracks. Anger and rage, sometimes so hot it burned my soul. Piece by piece I took my life, my broken life, further apart. Examining each piece, each aspect. Looking for what no longer worked so I could set it aside not discarding it because I may need it later to create something new. Looking for what still worked so I could mold and modify it, reshape it and refine it. Like an inventor or a writer creating his magnum opus. And here I am for a second summer contemplating my life. Sometimes shaking my head wondering What happened to the years? What happened to the decades? How did I get here? Yet remembering the trials and some of those trials reminding me of more of my trials. And I can see my path behind me or at least some of it. Because some of my path is obscured by mountain peaks, dark clouds and snow, Some of my path is obscured by cavernous, windswept canyons. Where my footsteps disappeared. When Creator and my wolf dogs carried me mile after mile. When I was too weak to even crawl. All I could do is breathe and pray. A never-ending switchback. My path ahead is also obscured by mountains, valleys, and storms never seen. Yet, I fear not, for my path may be long. It is not about to end. It is all about the experiences. It's all about the lessons learned. The emotions, the memories created. The friends found, the friends lost. The love found, the love lost. It's about the journey, my journey. It's about finding and rescuing my soul. It's about falling in love with my journey and it's about falling in love with my soul once again it has only taken me 30 years so far and poem wow I told that was pretty emotional for you to read yeah even though I uh wrote it the other day and read it and then while I was listening to the show I 
add in some more. Like the part where I started to cry about Creator and my wolf dogs carrying me, which is 100% true. I can't uh, explain uh, how many times I thought I was going to freaking die in that cabin. And all I did was breathe and pray. And I don't think I ever want to live inside. Aren't you glad I talked you into being a gypsy? (laughs) I probably saved your damn life. I guess you had a hand in that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well. I'm really glad that you're writing again. I know that you were kind of busy for a bit, and you haven't called in in a while. I mean, I talked to you, but you haven't called into the show for a while. And I know I told you, you know, people ask about you all the time. They wonder what you're doing, what you're up to, and I give them little little updates and things. But um, I'm really glad. I'm really glad that you took some time tonight to call in and let everybody hear from you. I owed it to everybody, you, everybody else, and I owed it to myself, too. Um, yeah. And I yes. actually kind of pushed myself a little bit on... Um, are you are you walking right now? Are you there? You're cutting out, James. Can you hear me now? I can. Are you walking? I no, I'm just kind of twirling around in circles here. Well, stop twirling. Fuzzy my, Hermit in the Woods I, is now twirling social camp butterfly. <laughs> you know, it's like take or, one step. Or twirling social forward, you know, butterfly camper. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of like that. Fuzzy Hermit in the Woods modified dance. <laughs> well, you're cutting well, out really bad, so tell everyone how they can find you before it, we lose you completely, honey. Are you there? I cannot hear James at all. Can you hear me? Can you hear you, me now? You sound, you sound like you're talking through electricity, and I, it's really... You're either not there or it's really hard to understand what you're saying. I can't hear him. So, James, um, I don't know what you're doing, dude. Nope, no good. Can't hear you. All right. I'm going to go ahead and let you go, baby. I will give you a call probably tomorrow and catch up on where you're where you're at down there right now. Thank you for calling in. Love you so much, my brother. And give my puppy a hug. So that was Mr. James and 
He is now the twirling social butterfly in the camp ground. <laughs> Great job tonight, James. You can you have no idea how happy I am that you were called in. Are called in. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and grab area code 207. 207, you are on the air. Hello. Hey, sweetheart, how are you? I'm good. This is Tammy Hendricks. It's been a long, long time. It has been too long. I know that you are like this this crazy plate twirling, always have 50 irons in the fire type of person. And I check in on you once in a while, see how you're doing, what's going on. But I have to tell you, it is really good to hear your voice. I never worry when people disappear because the speakeasy is kind of like home. And everybody comes home eventually, you know? Yeah, yeah. I've been pretty busy lately. I actually, um, not to give out too much information, but I just recently got out of rehab. I'm 98 days sober from alcohol today. I'm very oh, I'm proud so of proud of you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep, I'm very proud of myself. I've had a tough time trying to be sober with alcohol, from alcohol. It's got a hold of me, but I'm doing really well. And I moved from Georgia to North Carolina to be near my daughter. She wants me over here. I'm getting older, and she wants me near her, so I'm here. And I'm starting a new life for myself, so I'm doing really, really well. You probably sound better than I've heard you in a long, long time. And I haven't heard you in a while, but I've been hearing you for a long time. We've known each other forever. Yeah, I haven't yeah. been on the show in – I know I didn't – I haven't been on the show since I moved to Georgia, and that's four years ago, so it's been a long time. As, yeah, I was going to say at least four, three, four years, at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a long time. My writing I'm tickled. has been going crazy lately. It's a sign. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to read for us, Tammy? Uh, I'm going to read a piece that I wrote yesterday. It's called Beautifully Insane. Okay. Um, I see her madness undulating like the tides, rising crooked smiles and jagged laughter, falling lost. Exhausted with reality, she places her finger in the socket because it is painful to be boring, weary, calling out to a God who never answers, cursing, bursting, scribing mad profanities on the walls, on stones, in the air, on her skin only to have them make uncomfortable sense when dawn approaches. The moon is her lover, though she knows not how to keep it, hissing when the light blinds her as she tries to read. She's a liar, manifesting falsehoods to suit her needs, and her needs are neurotic, rummaging for attention only to tell you to go away. Her clothes are worn, torn, smelling of patchouli, a bottle she uses sparingly, for the earthy scent makes her feel whole, and she wishes to hold on to that feeling forever. Her hair is long and unkempt, 
auburn with gray with a gray streak off the left temple adorned with the leaves she used as a pillow last night for she sleeps where she wishes but god can she dance down the halls of the sanitarium on the streets in the park on the train there's no place she won't celebrate life the end I love that poem, Tammy. Thank you. Will you inbox that to me, or is, do you have a link where it's posted where I can read it again? Um, yeah, I've got it on Facebook and on my site on WordPress, so I'll uh, send you the link, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I definitely want to read that one again. That was okay. incredible. Thank I have you missed so you, much. girl. I have missed you, too. I really have. I'm so glad you're here. And, you know, I I know things get crazy and we have to focus where we have to focus. Um, But I really hope that, you know, since you're doing more writing now, that that you'll come back and visit a little bit more often. You've got a phenomenal voice and, and you touch so many people. And I feel like it's it's it, I, I would be doing a crime against humanity were I not to encourage you to read to them. <laughs> yes, I'll be here every week. I promise. I'm I'm coming. <laughs> Love you so much, sweetheart. It is so good to hear from you, and I am proud of you. You have no idea. It's not an easy thing to do. You know. Thank you. I love and you too, dear. You you are. A freaking lioness. You rock. Thank you. (laughs) You're very welcome. I'm grinning ear to ear. All right. We will talk to you next week, Tammy. Fantastic job. Oh, yeah. You told us how to find you, right? Um, I'm on Facebook under Poet Tammy Hendricks, Facebook.com, Poet Tammy Hendricks. And I'm at TammyLHendricks.wordpress.com. Perfect. All right. We will talk to you next week, Tammy. Thank you so much for calling in, hanging in there on hold, waiting for you to be able to come on the air, just sticking with it, and I'm I'm, I'm tickled. I'm 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 happy dancing. Thank you so much, <laughs> Nyla. You're welcome, baby. And we'll talk to you next week, hon. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye, sweetheart. You guys, that was amazing. I love that poem. Thank you, Miss Tammy. All right, it looks like we have area code 585 to close us out tonight. 585, are you with me? Yes, I'm here. Hey, darling. Doug Curry, how you doing? I'm doing absolutely wonderful, sweetheart. How are you doing? Good. I'm glad I was able to to catch, you know, the people that I did catch here in the last half hour to 45 minutes. I enjoyed it. Um, and I'm glad to be here for myself. Um, what to do? So over the weekend on CNN, I guess they started that uh, special series about the destruction of Black Wall Street. And you know, I don't know if you're familiar with what I'm talking about. Mm. Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was a very proud a very prosperous black section 
They had all the black businesses and banks. It was it was called Black mm-hmm. Wall Street. Yeah, and yeah. And it was in 1921, a mob uh, who didn't think that black folks should have or be doing that well. You know, the, the move was to reinstitute slavery or keep it going as much as they can in the 1920s. And here was, you know, the direct opposite happening, and it didn't sit well. So they they came in and they vanquished the whole town. Um, they just killed everybody, destroyed all the buildings for blocks and blocks. I don't I don't know if you know about that, but anyway, it's it's gotten a lot of press in the last couple of years because there's talk about reparations to the survivors, you know, this many years later, um, and uh, CNN had a a series that you probably can find on demand if you have, you know, that capability. Anyway, so I, I, I see stuff like that, and people tend to, you know, rightfully feel good about the fact that they are aware of that, they know about that, but it has the opposite effect with me because that kind of stuff went, went on all the time, and I don't think I need to feel good about the fact that you know, some educated people and some white people finally decided to make it public where the information was there all the time, and it was one of many situations that was similar. So it should have been talked a, about from the moment it happened. Well, yeah, you know, and Black the, Lives the Matter part, should, have, should have happened long before now. But the but the other part of it is is that an indication that people were so beat down, so it was commonplace, so it wasn't worth mentioning. And it could be that, too, because, um, you know, there, there are certain such stone events like that that always get a lot of, of interest and a lot of play, but the same stuff was going on all the time. So I purposely, when I wrote this poem some time ago, I purposely told you where I didn't know of any major thing that was out in the history books, just to say whether it was in the history books or not happened in this year, just like it happened in the years that are always cited. So this is called 1920. I've done all the work. Plowed the mules, chopped the cotton, cleared the forest, lined the track. I want no trouble. I said, yes, sir, and no man, and we're most a darn good man. Give no marshal 19 cheering. All boys worked the field, except one only his daughter for the big house kitchen and old master's bed. And when I died, they buried me in the field behind the court under a cypress tree. I met my grandson today and know the fruits of my work was watching his lifeless dangling from above and gone. Wow. Doug, you have this crazy ability to write right into the marrow or whatever you're trying to talk about, trying to share when you write. I mean, it's like a transfusion. Well, I hope that's a good thing. (laughs) That's a really, really good thing. I mean, it's just, it it has a heartbeat, it has a voice, it has a face. You know, it's like when you you read, your poems reach out and take someone's hand. The way that you write them, the way you write about things. You know, you, you 
I, I don't know how to explain it right, but it's a good it's a good thing. I'm kind of fangirling well, on you now. Sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I will say this: that um, some of my favorite writers influence me in this way. Um, sometimes I like to write in the vernacular if I can. Okay, if I can kind of authentically write in the vernacular because it gives a sense of who the speaker thinks he is and it gives a sense of the world when you hear it in a, in a, in his words and through his voice kind of gives you some opportunity to see it through his eyes. And so um, I said, okay, let me write from somebody's grave looking at his grandson being lynched. See how that comes out. But the point is also that the poem is called 1920. It's not the 1921 Tulsa riots or anything that anybody knows about. It could be anywhere because it happened everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether someone thought it was important enough to let you know about it or not, I'm sure it happened. I'm sure it was important to the families of the people that were affected. And I, I know, you know, what I get really tired of is I know that, I know that it was a different time. You know, I know that we are evolving as human beings. I know we're, you know, moving forward. I know things aren't like they were a hundred years ago. What I don't like, and because that's a fact, you know, what I don't like is people using that as an excuse for behavior now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get so tired of something happening and them just dismissing it to it. Well, you know, that's what it was like back in the day. I just want to poke them right in the nose. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, some people feel, you know, I, I can't imagine what it's like to be a white person. I mean, there are, I do know that there are, white people who are good people, okay? And I don't know what it would feel like to walk around wearing the the criminality of your ancestors that's never gone away. These are crimes mm-hmm. against humanity that are not forgivable, ever, ever, anywhere around the world. Go anywhere, and you'll find this. Go to Africa, go to, to Southeast Asia, go to South America. North America. And this is not, you know, I'm not trying to punish anybody or, or, you know, grind anybody into the ground, but what does it feel to walk around? You know, they used to have a saying, Yankee go home, everywhere in the world. And, you know, if I'm a a decent person and I just want a chance to compete, and be all right by my neighbors, you know, I still can't escape that, yeah, not not just figuratively, it was one of my great-great-great-grandfathers that was involved in this. Yes, this is so sure as I'm standing here. I can't say I have nothing to do with it. Do you know? And, you know that must be difficult. That would be difficult, I mean, because, you know, you personally have nothing to do with it, have no thoughts of ever being that way. But, but you know, it, it's it's not somebody, it's not something that somebody can say, well, okay, do over. 
that's what I'm. That's exactly what I'm talking about when I say I don't like hearing people say that's just the way it was. You know, it was just a different time. I could never. I would never say that. I would never dismiss it. What happens so casually? You know, and well, and I I like to look at it even deeper than that, because a lot of times humans are used as fodder. If you think about every bad thing that's ever been done to a group of human beings, it has always been because of someone in a high status wanting more wanting more power, more money, more greed, always. It was the kings that sent the them to war and you had to go you know it's the dictators it's the president sending war telling us to hate telling us to kill our brothers telling us not to be tolerant to not accept differences all of the, i mean you look back on history to the actual root and it, and it isn't even a race of people it is a class of people it's a class of people that has used a race of people to decimate another race of people and cause all this horror on earth and it all stemmed there. And unfortunately by now I mean the the debt to the world has compiled itself so greatly. So it's reached a point of now what goes around comes around. Yeah. And to be honest with you, you know, when you saw on January 6th when you saw the attempt to take over the government that's that's the finger on the panic button that's the that's the knowledge that you know we got to do something because we can't win elections and 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 engineer things the way we want to legally we, so we got to do something because we got to be done or else we are done and, and it's true you are yeah mid century mm-hmm. you you're done your time is has run and you know, they have their finger on the panic button. I mean, all all over the country, unabashedly, you know, state legislatures are trying to make it illegal for people to vote because they cannot win legitimate elections. So now they want to reshape who can vote so that they can cut out the people that won't vote for them. With, I mean, with, with no shame, this is what's going on all over the country. Yeah. You know, you had a military man, uh Admiral Flynn just the other day actually said something about you know it would be all right to have a coup. This is a military man who's you know and and he's a middle aged man who has to spend at least the past twenty years of his life supposedly devoted to defending the Constitution and the flag. But at this juncture in history, he chooses to, to recreate his understanding of what that means to the point that even come out of his mouth and something like it's all right to have a coup. Yeah. Because yeah, and you look at all that stuff that's going on right now, right, and all this crazy, stupid stuff that's going on. I'm not personally doing it. You know, I'm sitting at home planting tomatoes. But because... You know, and so who? Where is it coming from? You made. I mean, it was. You were absolutely right. It's coming from the the politicians, the ones that are trying to change things because, you know, they they can't get their votes in. And so it's exactly like I said earlier. It's the class of people using a race of people, 
or a country of people or dividing groups of people for their smoke and mirrors. You know, a race of people aren't born to hate another race of people. That's taught to them. Who taught it to them? We didn't all just at once decide, oh, we're all going to hate everybody. No, it was taught, hate was taught to us by those who had something to gain from us hating. Yeah, well, the, the, the best case of that is, is poor Southern white people. I mean, if you're a poor Southern white person or black person, you basically live in a third world country. Mm-hmm. So, so how is it you manage to let somebody convince you to hate somebody else who obviously cannot hurt you, cannot take anything from you? But as long as you can be turned against them, you can be kept in. It's, it's not only class, it's, it turns to caste. Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing to me that there's a political party, and their greatest gift is to get people to vote against themselves. You know, one of you my know? greatest desires in this world would be to be somewhere where you and I could just go sit down and have coffee and talk for a while, because I, I think that we would end up talking for a week before we realized that we'd been sitting there that long. We have so much in common, and, you know, I I love the way that there's such an open dialogue, you know, learning, talking, different points of view, coming together on ideas. I just, I I really enjoy talking to you. Well, you know, I I, I feel that way, but you know what I would add to that? I wish that we could have a a live in-person CQV Cafe once a year or something like that. And, you know... God, I'd have to put pants on. Well, you should have, well, pants or skirt, okay? If you don't want to put pants on, you put a skirt. Oh. You can do that. Can you do that? I'm one of those people, seriously. If I hit the uh-huh. front door, the shoes and the pants come off, and I usually am running around in my shirt and socks. Because okay. pants don't belong at home. They do not belong on at home. It is, it is well, my I, my free place. <laughs> okay, I've never quite looked at it like that. Probably because I'm always running in and out, so I never thought about that. But if you say so, <laughs> I imagine it's got to be. <laughs> it's it's, it's but, my but, place in the world to rebel the, against pants. <laughs> that's the only thing I miss with this program. You know, some sometimes when there are people on, they're doing their poetry, um, and you get to talk with them. I miss that as a listener, I don't get to talk with him, you know, directly. Yeah. And so, I mean, but I understand how that's got to be. Have you, have you ever thought about doing this with Zoom at all? Mm, I've never done a Zoom. No. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to listen to me because <laughs> that's all I did for the like, last six months is Zoom this and Zoom that. So I, I got kind of used to it. Well, one of these times you're going to have to free up enough time, and you could come on and host with me, too, if you wanted. Oh, I'd be glad to do that. I'd love really? to have you on as a co-host sometime. Okay. Okay. Well, let's do this. I'll send you a message, and we'll we'll begin to figure out how we can do that. Okay. You just you just okay. say, hey, I don't, I'm, not, I'm here today. i got three hours. You need a co-host? And I'll say, okay. And you can just come on and co-host with me. It would be fun. Let's do that. Okay. Let's let's put it back and make sure when we can do it. And I'm definitely interested in doing that. Very definitely. (laughs) 
Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Tell everyone how to find you, honey. Okay, so so I am Doug Curry. I'm on Facebook now as Douglas Curry. I'm still trying to get my account straightened out. My Doug Curry account with all my information, all my phones, all my friends and music and everything. So I'm on this Douglas Curry. I would love to hear from anybody who's a, a, of a caliber of person that tunes into this show and participates. You got my vote. I would love to shake your hand. Um, but on Facebook is Douglas Curry. Uh, I also can be found on uh, allpoetry.com as Manchild, M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D, 99. And uh, I have poetry there. And uh, would love to uh, share poetry and be critiqued or critiqued. And I'll uh, meet you back here on Thursday nights for this show. Awesome. All right, Doug Henny. We'll talk to you next week. So next week, sweetheart. Great job tonight. Thank you. Take care. You too, hon. Bye. All right, everybody. You've been listening to Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's been a fantastic night. I want to thank everybody that called in and read, everybody that was here hanging out and listening. I appreciate you so much. Remember to go back and listen to the first 15 minutes of the show for our mini workshop. If you were not here for that and get your prompts and such, just like the first 15 minutes of any of our shows, and and you can catch one of our little mini workshops we do at the beginning. And we'll see you here next week. Appreciate you guys. I'm going to close the show with an audio track. And this one is going to be, oh, I supposed to, this is the first show of the month I was supposed to read tonight. I didn't do it. Ha, huh, nobody caught me on it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to play a piece by Gregory Schwartz, and this one is called My Dog Is, I think this is My Dog Is Gay. I'm pretty sure that's what this one is. All right, Gregory Schwartz, talk to you guys next week. Love you. Good night. That dog does God's work. It does God's work with more conviction than those humans who lack direction. That dog does what God wants, and that's very circumstantial. That dog, that dog helps helpless creatures understand why they can't be what they're not. My dog believes in who we are. So that dog rambles at the speed of thought. My dog's an astral traveler. His inner mind's a time machine. Say that dog attempts to master the moment of arrival. My dog masters the moment I walk through the door. That dog's blessed with self-evidence and promise of consideration. My dog protects my opinion and argument. My dog has perfect intellect. See, that dog, that teaches intuition at the Innate Truth Institution. My dog reinvents the inevitable by exaggerating the details. And that dog, that dog remembers what we were thinking about. But my dog, my dog remembers what being real is all about. Say that dog is possibly creating a reason. But my dog, I love my dog. 
My dog forgives my mistaken heart. Hey, you know that dog? That dog's problems are a lot like ours. But my dog sometimes barks uncertain, and that's good for something. But that dog confirms this is itself a difficult clue. My dog knows one way or another how we learn from each other. And that dog gets the most out of its simplest bone. My dog has Superman ears and can hear frequencies that you think would be opera. That dog, don't worry, that dog won't hurt you. My dog just walked in, wants to know if there's anyone else. And that dog and my dog have three ideas and they discuss the ceaseless mystery. My dog, me, and the members of our band are one big happy family. Say sometimes I think that dog's getting older by the hour. But my dog, my dog in the fate of the day, my dog does God's work with more conviction than most politicians. My dog does what God wants, and that's very, very circumstantial.